Hi, this is Michelle Fife, creator of Copra, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I think that was the best woohoo ever. Wow. Could it have been? Maybe. Yeah. Could be Hyperbole. Hyperbole! Hilarious! Welcome to the Hyperbole. It's a hilarious kid. Let's get on game show. Tell them what they've won, Don Pardo. Poor Don Pardo. Recently departed Don Pardo. Yep. Sucks. Yep. Everybody's gotta die. What's up with that? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a sin. I saw a beautiful cartoon today. It was... Don Pardo? Uh, no, it was Death and Life. They both had hooded cloaks on and stuff. Death, of course, was in black. And Life was in, like, multicolored. And it was something along the lines of, you know, the relationship between Death and Life is really tight because all the gifts that Life gives Death, it keeps forever. It was cute. Yes, it was cute. Which ties in very well with what we were talking about. I have waited for this day all week. My whole life, but all week. Yeah, my whole life, David. That's that's a long fucking time. Chipotle is my what? <laughs> I've only eaten Chipotle twice in my life. Oh, I would. I don't think I have. I would contemplate many, many dirty things for Chipotle. I love Chipotle. Really? Them big ass. So fritas burritos with the corn and the guacamole and the fucking hot pepper. Oh my god, guac. I love it. And the guac. Guacamole. Why the hell is guacamole so expensive? Avocados like avocados? Are expensive? Yeah. We used to throw avocados away. Yeah, well, when we were kids, we'd be like, "What is this shit?" Dog. It's just like it's a drought and shit. I mean, you know, times are hot. Nobody. When I was a kid, nobody wanted chicken wings. No one. They were the part everybody just gave to the dog. Oh, chicken wing. Who wants that? Grandma will eat it. You know? Now, what's up with the chicken wings? Am I sounding old? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed you guys last week. You lie. No, I did. But see, here's the difference between me, good co-host, and y'all. When I miss a week, I listen to the episode. Or so well, you Why say. would I listen to an episode I'm on? I know. <laughs> well, that's true. You I- never miss. <laughs> What? I he misses more than me. Bullshit! Don't no. Oh way. no! Let's go no look way, at dude. the let's let's tally this shit. You're good for up. at least three or four years. I think David misses maybe one a year, maybe. Oh my god! For real though, I mean I miss way more than the rest of y'all because I have a, a busy social calendar. But <laughs> but the but David's definitely out less than you are. I was wishing you said it because I have a life. But no, I was right, almost David. about to, but I want to be a total da- David. Uh, totally. Why start? Why start now? <laughs> David does miss. <laughs> Less than I do. I just given him shit. I, I, I do this show while I'm on vacation. That's correct. What? That is correct. I talked to you guys from my father's house. You did. Yep. Your dad even said hello on it, I yes, believe. Yes, did. Sure uh, did. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, it, or if the fucking if the power goes out and the weather shit, I mean, you know, it, it shit happens. But yeah, no, I mean, as far as like planned absences and, and needing a note, then you know, yeah, then Vince has me beat. We don't require notes here. That is true. You do. We do not. <laughs> Take notes up the wazoo. Here's a note. Be flat. It's 11 Hello, o'clock, Hello. comment. Uh, Episode 382. I'm Vince B. 
You are. You are. It feels like, you know, I haven't talked to you in about a week, and I'm David A. Price. Indeed you are. You have. And I am many things, including the god of the north. I am Big B. Wolf. Oh, oh, so sad. You're not Big B. Wolf. Wish I was, though. Mm, yes. Um, but we'll talk about you in a little while. You are Jason Wood, everybody. In the hizzy. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Jersey. Uh, tired of seeing the straight out of memes. I haven't in a while. I mean, it, it was heavy last weekend, but I really haven't seen any since maybe Monday or so. I think there were two that really made me laugh out loud. The rest. I made you chortle. Yeah. Straight out of bubblegum. Yeah. With Roddy yes. Piper. And, uh, the Cthulhu one was really that cool. One I didn't see. But, uh, for the most part, not so hot. And you don't have to endure incessant memes to get cheap comic books. All you gotta do, I think incessant meme is like redundant. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I yeah. agree. Uh, all you gotta do is fire up your internet browsing device and head on over to DCBService.com. Yes, he's back. DCBService.com <laughs> and reap the rewards, such as the spotlighted books for this month are all deserving, by the way. Uh, from Image, it's our buddy Scotty Young. Young Scotty Young is going out on his own. He's all grown up, doing his own. Feels book. like this book's already been out yet. Well, that's because we got to see and, it and, and talk about and it. And you don't stop talking about it. But although, seriously, just just <laughs> a real quick interruption. Wow. Mazeltov, very happy for Scotty and Casey yes. and their yes. expanding brood. It, it's yes, uh, mom as well, yeah. baby as well. Everybody, everybody looks great. And and Scotty is. If you could actually feel the joy through Facebook posts, Scotty has that down pat. You ain't lying. You scooped me, bitch, I because I was I was going there. Oh, sunk is uh-huh. sunk now. But that's all right. Yes, congratulations to the Young family for their recent uh, delivery. And um, yes, I hate Fairyland. Number one, it's awesome. You'll think so too. You can get it not for the three dollars and fifty cents cover price, but if you are a member of the D Sub Army, you can get the book for a dollar seventy five. That's 50% off. From IDW, Mr. Simonson, doing what he does best, Ragnarok, Thor, Norse Gods, hardcover, six issues, cover price, $24.99, your price, $12.49. Oh, my God. For a hardcover, Walt Simonson, jump on that. And last, but certainly not least, no, it's not a dream. It's a mature reader's title from Archie. It's called The Black Hood, Trade Paperback, Volume 1, Bullets Kiss, Mr. Dwayne Swierzynski, writing, uh, $14.99 cover price. Your price, what? $7.49. <gasps> Can't get it cheaper anywhere else. Don't even try. Don't waste your time. DCBService.com, the absolute best. It's true. It is true. It is true. I don't lie. And, uh, did you guys, uh, no, you didn't, cause I listened to the episode, uh, you guys didn't wish, uh, Cam, uh, a happy birthday last week. His birthday was after the episode. Well, then happy birthday, Cam. Yeah. Happy birthday, Cam. And today, happy birthday, J.K. Woodward. Oh, yeah. Very true. J.K.W. J. You know, it's, it's, there are, I'm, I'm guessing 
the people who have birthdays, like right around this time, winter was a cold ass month and, and you had nothing to do except make babies. Make Leos, cause we are the best. Mm. I thought yes, you said you don't are. lie. I don't lie. Mm. I can't. I'm incapable of lying. Leos are the best. Fiercely protective of those they love, which is very few and getting fewer, I guess. Mm. Loyal, proud. Leos were the best. I have thank yous. So do I. I do. Me too. I'll do one, then you do one, then I'll do another one, because I got two. Perfect. Yes. Thank you to my brother from another mother, Mr. Will Pfeiffer, who did not have to send me anything for my birthday, but did anyway. He sent me the uh, trade paperback edition of Mort Todd's translation of... uh a sadistic photo novel. Now, Stan Lee erroneous, erroneously called this stuff fumetti, and it's not. It's photo comics. Okay. And uh, this stuff was huge. By the way, your, uh, your Android's blowing up. <laughs> Somebody blowing up my Android. <laughs> I need to make that laugh. <laughs> nothing, gets, nothing, gets, nothing gets that happier than making fun of... Uh, of, of 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 non Apple products. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> That's why today was awesome. I was surrounded oh, by Max. I I I I wanted to post so many I came memes today. It wasn't even funny. Y'all done? Yeah, for now. Till your phone rings again. I know it will. <laughs> oh, it will. Uh, where was I? This stuff was huge in Europe in the mid to late sixties. Uh, sadistic is not his real name. Mort Todd changed it when he, I don't know if he bought the rights or got whatever he got the rights to it. Um, this character goes by the name of killing. Uh, he goes by many names, actually. You've seen him. He's a anti-hero wears a skull costume motif. He's got the, the, but the, the skull is really cool because it's not your standard skull. It has this real sardonic grin on it. And he's a prick. It ends in a K. There was a wave of anti-heroes whose name ended K also. But this stuff is really cool. And my buddy, Will, sent this to me. And I read it, and it's awesome. Sweet. Yeah, real saucy stuff. Like, Sadistic does not care. He's borderline hero. As I said, he's an anti-hero. But he will cut you, shoot you, stomp on you, throw you over a cliff. He does not care to get his uh, his uh, goal accomplished. Nice. But he does love Dana. Yeah. His his one true love. So he protects her. But anybody else, you're going to be uh, feeding the worms pretty soon. It's really nasty. And it's lovely. And I thank you, Will. Sweet. For that. So what do you have? Um, I have a little something from uh, Mr. Kelly Williams, who uh, goes by the name of Treebeard as well, uh, uh-huh. an artist that we've befriended at the last few Heroes Cons. Um, great dude. He's done a few pretty awesome commissions for me the last few years. And um, he just sent me um, – uh, he did a, a print of, of, a, uh, of a group uh, and rocket – um, that I really dug. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Um, he did a print of a Rocket and Thor frog that I complimented on him on on Facebook, and so he sent me a copy of that print. And then also in the package was a commission that he did of 
Iron Man wow. that, um, you know, again, I, I don't know if it was just something he had in inventory, but he just wanted to, so, as a thank you for, um, I guess, the patronage, because I've, I've bought some stuff from him the last year or so. So very, very cool of him, and uh, I really appreciate it, because um, I think his uh, he's he's of the Dave Wachter school. They're buddies, and uh, yeah. and his art is, is... Which we do not hold against, Kelly. That is true. True. And it's very evocative, I think, of... Um, of, of Dave and, and it's beautiful stuff and I I very much appreciate the uh, the thoughts. I, Look at that. He, he is. Uh, I, I liked a post he made today because there's a, a little bit of a um. There was a comic strip with a bunch of kids and one of them's like, oh, I'm a soldier and and I'm I'm basically you know pretending that they're grown ups and 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 I'm a fireman and I'm a cowboy and then they ask, what are you supposed to be? And there's a girl wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt and she says, I'm Eddie. And I just, I love that strip. I love his art. He is a, he's, he is a, um, he's a cat lover. My man posts on, on Facebook and, and he is, I am, I'm a fan and I, I will own something by him. And, uh, I thought at last Euros, he and, um, he and Christian had a, uh, for a hundred bucks on a, uh, I believe it was on on a full size comic board. The uh, Christian would write it, and Kelly would draw a story, a, a one page story, and and it was, I think it was for like a hundred bucks, but it, and it's a damn good bargain. And I, if they do that again next year, I am probably going to jump on it. Nice, cool. I have two bits of real talk based on what you all just said. Okay. Real talk number one. It is so good to to be Julian Lytle for a second. It is so good. To see Dave Wachter happy. Yes. Yes, sir. And it is also very good to see him prospering in the art field. His his work is becoming more and more prevalent and more and more noticed. And he's getting he's clawing his way up the food chain. And he's he's here's part two. This is what I wanted to say initially. There have been some really stiff competition when drawing Godzilla is concerned. Mm-hmm. Herb Trimpey. Mm-hmm. Art, Art Adams, um, Steve Bissett. Come on. A lot of great artists have, t- uh, Stoko have touched Godzilla. I think Wachter's one of the best. And that's, that's no lie. I reread, reread Cataclysm. Oh my God. He's, he's so good with that character. And I'm stoked that Mr. Wachter is coming back to do a Godzilla in hell. Nice. Oh, so Yeah. So that's cool. Um, my second thank you goes out to Mr. Jay Sternitsky. Nice. nice. Yes. He that's of short, short stack. Um, he, he sent me actually the short stack trade paperback collection, uh, collecting one to four and he sent me issue five. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. How about that? And we will talk about that. Next week, right, David? Yes, yes, because I yes. will uh, I will have it read for next week. I promised Jay that um, I will be reading it. He was kind enough. Actually, he sent it to Renee so that he knew the book would actually get in the house, um, and 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 wrote a lovely post-it note uh, apologizing and explaining <laughs> his his deceit. Uh, but uh, it it has been it it, it has basically traveled with me to work and I, I have been uh i've been thumbing through it i did start reading it and uh, i think next week uh we will talk about it 
Yes. I read the trade. As soon as I got it, I was like, oh, man, I can't put this I don't want to up you. Jesus. I, no, I'm not one-upping you. I just got to say, Cubist Comics, it works. It works really it is, well. Yeah, no, it it is. It. I'll say right now the book visually probably isn't for everyone. No. But no. Uh, it's it is... It's unique. It's there. I mean, we're, we'll 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 talk it up next week. But no, it, it's you should definitely check it out. Yeah, but once you let it in, and once you get accustomed to this world, it works on you. It really does. Um, uh, Jay, of course, it's done with his brother Drew. Uh, Jay also sent me some examples of Drew's most recent work, um, in strip form, and they're awesome. And I would like to thank him. And Drew for not only producing it but sending it to me, so we could talk about it next week. That is good stuff. You know what else yeah. is good stuff? Liquids in our gullet. Mm. Mm. I'm gonna let you down. What are you all drinking? Well, we might as well let start from the bottom. Yeah. The guy who's on I'm the drinking, wagon over here. I'm drinking coffee. Really, like Dunkin' Donuts or straight mm. up homebrew? Mm. Unfortunately, it's not McDonald's. It's Turkey Hill, but it's coffee, and it's twenty-four ounces. <laughs> there's really in that, dude. No man, I can drink co- coffee twenty-four hours a day. No milk in there's, it though, right? Because you're lactose. Hell no, straight black. All right, it's men, black and strong, yeah. with old spice. <laughs> yep. Cool. What about you, Bill? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it real up in this piece. Oh, <laughs> two school. slices of lemon. Oh, really? Okay. Nah, I got, I got some vintage black cherry seltzer. Mm. You know? Why don't you give him shit? I, trust me, if, if we were on, if we were on Google Hangouts or something that, you know, you'd see video, don't, don't worry, my, my face would tell all. <laughs> you were, you were just Picard, weren't you? I really was, man. <laughs> and not the Picard <laughs> where he's all yeah, squeezing one out. Right. Was, yeah. yeah, tight and right for NYC. I love the Picard when he's incredulous with his hand out and he's like, what the fuck is yes. this? <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> man, gotta get tight and right. Dude, we love you no matter how you look. Don't worry about man, it. I love, I love me. T- I, I don't. love me tight and right though. No, I'm all about the, the surface. Me too. You are. Yes. So I'm surprised you all hang out with me, but that's cool. You're pretty. Oh, you look good the way you are. <laughs> You're adorable. Uh, I, um, I thought I needed this drink last night, uh, but I'm glad I waited because today was tons better, uh, than yesterday. But tonight I am, uh, I am drinking, um, whiskey three ways or whiskey in a drawer, depending on if you're actually getting it in, in a jelly or a mason jar. But, uh, this is, uh, this particular concoction consists of, um, Johnny Walker red for my scotch. Uh, redemption for my rye, and uh, I'm having some some old thinking of my grandfather, and having some old uh, Jack Daniels. So all that in one glass, equal parts of of all three, and it is pretty damn tasty. Nice. But that's you got to have the whiskey. You got to have you got to have the the whiskey, be it bourbon or what have you. You got to have the rye, and you got to have have the scotch. So you can always experiment and, and mix and match your own three, but as long as those three main components are, are, are in there, it doesn't really matter to make. But yeah, no, I, I don't have it too often, but I'm glad I'm having it tonight. If you ever served that to me, you know what you would call it? 
Up Chuck? A roofie. Because I would be laid out. Nice. New York Comic Con, baby. New York Comic Con, yo. I don't drink unless it's got hops in it, man. Yeah, I know. I'll jump up and down and give it to you. Now, you know what? We'll make a pact, Vince. The Wednesday Wednesday night. Oh, shit. What? What was that? What? You're funny, dude. I just, it it hit me like a boomerang. It went went right past my head and came around. I was like, boom, he's funny. He said he's going to jump up and down and give it to me. And I said, hoppy. Uh, I thought it was funny. I I missed the whole thing. I missed it. But I was saying, Vince, we'll make a pact Wednesday night before New York Comic Con when we're all in my house hanging out. Yeah. You and I will drink some of this rot gut that David proclaimed. Oh, I don't know, dude. I'm driving out, by the way. I think I'm just going to. Oh, so nice. oh, good. My car will have just company. Gonna... Fuck it. Just I'm always alone out. over there in that driveway. Not this time, good. buddy. That way we, I can leave anytime I want. Yes. Imagine that. I know, right? Yeah. Cheer. All right. Let's talk about some comics. Do we have to? Yes, mm. we do. That's why we have assembled here. Nice. Anything on your minds? Lots of things. Actually, you know, I mean, you guys have been talking about this one particular title that recently ended, and I haven't heard much about it Uh, in in a long time because you guys have not really been talking about it much, but there's also the whole, it's kind of like The Walking Dead where you don't really want to give it away because people do enjoy it and and, um, you try to refrain from giving giving away too much. No spoilers on it, but uh, you guys have been teasing Yes. Me on on Messenger about you know we're gonna talk about it. all right we're gonna talk about it so talk about it. I just want you to to listen to the roll call on this particular book. Yeah, break it down. Look at this: Bill Willingham, Mark Buckingham, yep. Steve Lealoha, yep. a- Andrew Peepoy, Dan Green, Neil Adams, mm-hmm. Aaron Axelovich, Axel Axelovich, Laura Allred, Michael Allred, Russ Braun. Andrew Dalhouse, Rachel Dodson, Terry Dodson, Mark Farmer, Lee Garbett, Peter Gross, Gene Ha, David Hahn, Nico Henrichson, Joel Jones, Todd Klein, Teddy Christensen, Megan Levins, Lee Lowridge, Nimit Malavia, Jose Marzan Jr., Lan Medina, David Peterson, Mark Schultz, and Brian Talbot. Craig, Craig. How much more do you need? No, you can't. It's, it's, it's a tour de force. We are talking about, of course, Fables Volume 22, a.k.a. Fables 150, the last issue of the series. And before we – it's – one of the underappreciated things about Fables throughout its existence is how well-designed the book is. And what an awesome way to go out by making it both the last issue and the last trade paperback. Right. Synchronicity. It's awesome. Because I read it in trades – I think you read it in issues, but in essence, our journeys ended in the exact same way. I, my reading of Fables is so weird. I started off in singles. Then by about issue 20, I switched to trades. And then around 85, no, 75, I said, screw it. I can't wait for the trades. I, I went back to single issues. Silly. So I have multiple formats of this thing. But that's okay because it's all good. Absolutely. As long as I can, re- and I own it. But one of the things, there's a slight nit I have to pick with 150. Okay. Now, um, because I thought if it was you perfect. Ha- I thought it was 99 and 90. It's like ivory, ivory soap. Okay. 99, 44, 100% perfect. All right. But to pull a feather out of the Jim Shooter cap, 
why someone who had not read Fables would decide to do so with the last issue of the series is beyond me. But if you did that, if you just were curious and wanted to check it out and you dove into this issue, you had absolutely no backstory on why Snow and Rose were at odds. None. But why... Why? I'm just saying, if it, not even even a line about the curse would right. have been nice. There was nothing about it in here. You just these two sisters are at odds about something, and they're gonna you know you, go at you it. You have a point because in every other trade, there's always been a previously page in the for right. the start of the book. So that is true. That is true. But I think you're you got to get back to your original point, which is that. Who in the hell is going to read 150 of a 150 Seriously. book without ever? Yeah. Well, I mean, say you're a Michael Allred fan, and you're like, "Oh, damn, he's got a single page in this. I'm going to plunk down the 17.99 and bring my Michael Allred page home, and I might as well read the rest of the issue." You'd get the gist, but you really wouldn't know the exact reason why Rose and Snow are going at it, or yes, why they're going at it. Uh, but that's a tiny little nit. It's actually 66 100s of a nit to to pick but i thought the issue otherwise was perfect oh it was so good i actually have one little nit so i'm going to say 99.9 okay my nit is actually in the closing letters pages when buckingham and willingham say their goodbyes Mm -hmm. i thought that willingham didn't give the props he should have to bucky Mm, you're right you know, wow. he did one of those, th- David, he did one of those things where he, he said, you know, I, I, it, it's, it'd be so hard for me to, to thank everybody that was involved in this book that I'm not gonna name any names. So you know that I love you. And he said, should I even, he's like, I'm not even gonna name the guy that did, you know, the bulk of the artistic work. But I was like, nah, that's fucked up. Like, but like, I know Bucky yeah. didn't draw every issue, but he drew what, 125 of the 150. And he created right. the whole visual aesthetic. He brought the characters to life. He brought the worlds to life. Like, I'm sorry. It's like not thanking your wife at the Academy Awards. You got to you got to put his name in there. I mean, yeah, I'm sure right. Bucky doesn't give two shits. I'm sure it was all in jest. But but I was just gonna like, nah, it's kind of whack. But again, that's a that that's that's an issue more with 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 Willingham than with the, the 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 final product, which I thought was just phenomenal. Just oh man. I mean, Vince Vince and I agreed before we recorded that we wouldn't spoil. Um, but I can just say that in a world where you know, I think whether it be a long form TV show or a, a series of novels or big event comics, I think all too often the ending of a, of a long journey, a long fictional journey leaves more people uh, disappointed than not. And part of that is because it's ending. But the other part I think is because um, we all have our own ideas about how it should end and mm-hmm. rarely do those ideas match up with the creator's uh, plans and that's not and that's not a, a fault of the creator. That's simply because that they choose to go in a different direction. But I say all this because for me, and again, I, your mileage may vary. I thought this ended just about as well as it could have ended. Yes, yes. I was hoping. Um, I had an inkling on how it would end, not in terms of the the story between Rose and and uh, Snow, but I wanted it to end with two particular characters speaking the last lines of dialogue. And that's exactly how it ended. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the the last page was just, well, yes, was brilliant. 
and the the four page gatefold. It's yes. uh, it's been a while since we've seen something like that in a comic. Um, How long could it have taken to draw? Oh, I don't know. I don't want to say what it is because it's a part of the conclusion, but there is at the very end of the book a four page gatefold cover, uh, not four, a four page gatefold that uh, is illustrated from from uh, margin to margin. There's there's no there's no border. Yeah, full, and, full bleed. Full bleed. Thank you. That's the uh, I knew there was an artistic term I was uh, that was precluding me. But yeah, it's it's just phenomenal. I studied those pages, and then um, and then the, the the cover of the trade is actually a four a four a four panel gatefold as well. Um, and we get at the end a, a like a who's who, like a numbered a paint by numbers, a who's who of all the people that are on the cover, um, yeah. which is awesome too. So yeah, I just thought it was great. You know, it was it was a, a familiar format for them. They 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 had the main story, which wraps everything up. And then they had um, a bunch of vignettes by all the aforementioned creators that Vince noted, um, w- w- wrapping up little one, anywhere from one to maybe five or six pages on different characters. The final story, like this is Toad's final, Flycatcher's final story. This is Rose Red's final story. You know, and um, but did you notice in the short stories there was a narrative that trailed through? Yes, all of them. Yeah, the which was cool. The, the kids, you mean the the prophecy of the kids? Yes, but in like say, um, just for an example, um, like the last Toy Story hinges on a, a story that came before, and well, of course, with all the kids. But um, oh, what the hell is her name? The the green chick. Um, oh, the lady of the lake. Yes, um, her story is started in. Um, it goes through Ambrose's. It goes through her own and it just like trails through mm-hmm. many of these. And I thought that was brilliant that you just don't get a handful of like, okay, this is it for this character. Right. It, it, the narrative continue and that's perfect for fables because these characters endure. You're right. And you know, it's just amazing. But I think uh, the, you met, you mentioned Willingham's letters, uh, the letter thing at the end. One of the things he said in there that I, I thought was extremely Apropos and shows the kind of insight that a writer of this caliber has. He knows that the art he's creating is not done when it leaves his hands, when it's printed, that the ultimate um, contributor to the story itself is the reader. I knew you'd love that. He says, I said, oh, Vince is going to eat this right up. It's true. He said, you know, that's the secret. That's never been a secret at all. Stories don't exist until they've been read or viewed or heard and fleshed out within the minds of an audience. It's a collaboration that requires imagination and effort from both camps. We've told our bit about fables and even left a few roadmarks to help you find your way from here. If anything's missing, it's left to you to keep going until you can fill it in. Who knows? Maybe in the days to come, you'll let us know how it all turned out. That is, That's exactly how I think. The, the reader is a contributor to these stories because it's like the tree falling in the woods. You can create the best piece of art ever, well, whatever criteria you may use, if nobody's around to read it or appreciate it or contribute to it with their ideas and their, it doesn't mean crap. Hmm. This is beautiful. That, that's, it's, there's two sides to this artistic equation. Absolutely right. Um, Love it. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I would, I, I wish we could spoil because I'd love to deep dive it. But but anyway, to, to those that 
that are still reading fables, and I, I don't know how many there are, but but if you are, um, I, let us know what you think because I, I I think they stuck the landing in a huge way. I, I'm going to be honest. Um, very shortly, I will put up the eleven o'clockers in some for, fashion and form so that people can both start voting because uh, we're we're already into August. We only have about four and a half months of the year left, which is pretty insane, by the way. Yes. Um, and I can tell you with without question, uh, there is no question in my mind that this will be my favorite single issue of the year. There's just no way anything could top it. So I don't see how it could. Anything could. But I have one more knit, and it's not with 150. It's with 149. Okay. I'm going to have to remember. Which, I, I mean, I, I remember generally, but I don't know if I remember issue by issue. Since we're talking about fables, let's let the floodgates All right. Um, and, and it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Of 149, because unlike 150, the store, the 149 narrative tells you almost everything you need to know about the feud between Rose and, and Snow. But my beef is with the cover of 149. I thought it was so, and David probably would feel the same way. It was so disingenuous. David, it's, uh, during the issue, Rose has a ring and she can control Bigby with the ring. And she's plotting all the stuff she's going to do and, uh, uh, against Rose and how she's going to try and, and come out because she feels like Rose is extremely, is way more powerful and intelligent than she. So she says, well, I'm going to get her husband and use him to my advantage. And there's a panel inside the issue of Rose and Bigby sucking face and never happens. It's her imagining and they use that for the cover. Not that panel. The, the cover was done by um, Nimit Malavia. And it's Rose straddling Bigby, sucking face. And you're thinking, now, if you saw this on the stand, not not having read the issue, you'd be like, what? You know, if you're familiar with the face. Right, you'd be like, oh, it's on now. Yeah, and it, 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 it does happen in the issue, but it doesn't really happen in the issue. Right. So it was kind of a faint. Um, and Fables has not been known for covers like that. They, right, they were yeah. always always, you know, illustrative of what's been going on inside. And I just took it as kind of disingenuous on the part of their creators. But it was 149. Yeah, because they haven't done that since, like, the the Bronze Age Superman stories or or Batman stories. That's Yeah, I can see that. But 150. Now, I'm sorry, they've only had two cover artists for the whole 150 issues, right? No, no, no. Oh, really? No. Oh, okay. You had James Jean and then, and then, uh, and then, uh, Joao Ruas. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name. It's, jo, it's like Joe Ruas. Um, and then, um, then they had a, I don't know her, I forget her name, the woman for a little bit. And then this guy, this, this oh, okay. Nimit guy. So, but Gene did um, over a hundred of them though, right? Yes. I think he won five Eisners in the process. I think this is going to be maybe, I, I don't know how you can pick James Jean's best cover, but man, I really love the one for, he did for issue 100. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. For real. Um, but did you not get the feels? Well, multiple times in the issue, but when Blue says about Flycatcher, he was always the best of us. Oh, them, uh, oh I was like, dude. Oh, so many, that, oh, I had so many feels moments. So many. Um, I, and I just, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I ended up caring about the kids, the cubs, a lot more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, me too. Yep. Because they weren't, they were 
kind of fleshed out, but not to the extent they were in this last issue. I think that was calculated. Really well done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, there's really big doings in this issue. And it's um, cool that Cinderella and Totenkinder have a, a major role because it's fitting because oh. they, 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 in essence, they prove themselves in this issue to be uh, the most potent of the um, two sides, like the most valuable assets of the two sides, most right, powerful right. assets. And the thing about Cinderella is everybody thought she was, you know, a facade. Right. Well, that she, that she was, that they didn't think she was a facade. They thought she was something, she was a facade. They, they thought she was something other than what she was, which was an extremely intelligent, resourceful, um, agent. And they just thought, oh, Cinderella, you know, she's all looks. She's just like a pretty face. No. When you read this, you're just like, okay. And if, with the Cinderella miniseries too, we knew that. Loved it. Into by, by McManus. Yeah. But uh, do another character that I really had um, gained some newfound respect for was King Cole. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I guess I see what you mean. I've always found him probably by design to be that annoying representation of bureaucracy and big government. But you're right. But but the, the, he he gets his 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 epilogue is is uh, is, is 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 leaves him in a kinder light. He, he does something that you would, you wouldn't normally associate with a politician. When, when stuff gets dirty and raw and this, it goes down, politicians kind of usually manipulate their way out of it. And Cole doesn't do that. That's true. He, he goes, yeah. He's, I, we can't say without spoiling. Oh. But, um. Oh, there, your, uh, your girl, Joelle Jones Dapp, uh, draws, um, draws, uh, Geppetto's final story. Oh, man. All right, I gotta, I gotta read this one. I'm at your house. Yeah, and we get Pinocchio's final story, which is a riot. Very funny. Yes. Um, I gotta say the MVP, as usual for me, is Buckingham. There are two splashes where both Rose and Snow are marshaling their forces, mm-hmm. and Kirby is smiling from wherever he is at these two two pages. Uh, because Bucky just brings it. He draws creatures large and small and they're amazingly designed and just, I, I just stared at those, uh, both of those splashes for a long, long time thinking, I, you know, he may knock it out of the park with Miracle Man, but I don't see how he's ever going to top fables. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you know, it would be a fascinating thing to ask creators but but it would i don't know how he could do it without it coming off insulting what it's like to to continue working after what is widely perceived to be their their magnum opus right because i'm sure they would all say well i i continue to try and do good work every time and or better work and i'm i don't think my best work has, has been done yet and that's that's the way i think your mind would have to work but um but you know we could make a list right of 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 at least the things that they'll be most remembered for, right? I mean, right, right. Uh, I mean, P- Pia Guerra's, I, I don't think she's ever gonna, I mean, for, it's Why the Last Man, right? She's gonna be Why the Last Man. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I mean, Eduardo Riso has had a much longer career, but, but is, is, is he ever gonna be as well known for anything outside of 100 Bullets? Sure. Um, you know, again, to your point, Bucky 
has been around a long time, but, but Fables is his thing. He'll be known as the guy that co-created Fables. So, um, I wonder what it's like after that. You know, if they even think about it, do creators even, even, does it even cross their mind? What did Jack do when he was done with Fantastic Four? Oh, just created the new gods. That's it. That's a good segue into what our, <laughs> our next subject could talk, talking point could be. That's a good, got- that, that's a good one. It is. <laughs> Cause, Jason wasn't here last week, so it's it's nice to get him involved in in, in a few things we read. It is. It, it is. I I, I uh, David has been uh, calmly and consistently praising Justice League um, since right around when Jason Fabach got involved. But I, yeah. I, I, you've been talking about it on and off, so I don't know exactly when. The, I feel like the praise maybe started around then. Maybe it was before that. But I think this it, it started around Convergence because I went back. It, okay. at, well, it, or started right before Convergence because there was the uh, it was the issue that had a bunch of artists on it that that basically told you where um, that the multiverse does exist and and there are all the stories that you read previous before the New Fifty Two. Um, actually happened to exist. And, the, but the issue right before that was, um, the reveal of, uh, the Anton Monitor and, and who owned Metron's chair before Metron sat in it. And then I went back and read from the Amazovirus storyline to, to the current, um, up to issue, uh, today's issue 43. Okay. I haven't read 43. But, um, you were, first of all, you were totally right. Um, I know it's, uh, we're in dangerous territory here praising DC in back to back weeks, but, uh, but it was awesome. And I, you know, I, I don't have the history with Justice League that I do with the Marvel stuff. So, um, I kind of float in and out of it often when someone that I value their opinion says, Hey, Justice League's pretty good right now. Cause I do love team books. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of team books in general. So, um, Justice League has always been one of those DC books that I look to go back to. Um, and first of all, uh, I don't know if it's Faye Bach or for Bach, but, but he is crazy good. Um, <laughs> he is. and you know, he really is, it's interesting. He's, he's, he's definitely a, a child of the nineties. He's, he's got that, that Jim Lee by way of Ed Bennis style to him with the short yeah. angular faces and lines and all that. Um, but but it's it's got a modern sensibility and and he's 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 not just drawing beautiful pinups uh he's got really strong composition and very very good at depicting action so this dude I, i'm surprised he's not a bigger name i mean he is drawing one of dc's flagship books every month i, I would think he'd be bigger so I'm, I'm interested to see uh if his if he starts getting the recognition he deserves cuz he's he's definitely in my mind top tier working his way into the top tier of superhero regular yeah. comic artists um, but I had a hell of a good time. I mean, I, I don't know that I've read, I'm familiar with the character of Amazo, but I don't know that I've read much about Amazo. Um, so I dig this idea of this virus. I've always been a fan of outbreak stories in other types of fiction. So this, it was, it was a pretty fun way to mash up a, a, a an outbreak story with, with superheroes. Um, now I know you've talked about it a little bit, but I admit it. I am a little bit. I had to take it on. I had to take it for what it's worth about the fact that Luthor is playing nice with them right now. Um, I mean, 
is there a lot of backstory to that? Is it, it's it, it just, I'm not quite, I mean, I clearly, clearly whatever the status quo is, Luthor has, is in one of those modes where he's professing to have seen the error of his ways. But this time oh, yeah. it seems more legit than in the past because he let Batman inspect his entire secret yeah. laboratory. Uh, Knowing he super- he's Batman. Right. He and Superman are chatting it up and he's telling Superman that he has, crypt- you know, stay away from me right now because I got kryptonite in the suit. And it's just, um, it was definitely a different vibe than than anything I've ever seen before. Um, so, what do you know the backstory with that? I mean, how long I, is that? I don't. Th- this is I, th- it's. I I am really enjoying the Justice League book. My the the only negatives for me, um, because I haven't. I, I dropped Justice League shortly after the New Fifty Two, so after a couple issues. Um, I, and so this is my first time going back to it. In about three years or so. So, um, my, my, my nits regarding this book, um, the lack of a recap page, the lack of footnotes, uh, just give me a clue as to where I could find out what, what his motives are, why they are what they are. The, uh, um, because it's also obviously it's, and you get this with, you know, on the Marvel side as well with, with Wolverine or Spider-Man being on, on a bunch of teams at the same time. And, and I've always said, you know, listen, there's just 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, you know, just cause Wolverine's on, on Avengers and X-Men that ship the same week doesn't mean, you know, Monday and Tuesday he's with one and, and in the end of the week. So it, I'm, I'm cool with the whole, not everything happening at the same time, but what's happening in Justice League is does not match up with the events in Superman's books or even Batman's books. So I'm not sure if, if the storyline is taking place around the same time or, or, or what that is. And, um, any other thing is also, I, I'm still, still not a fan of, uh, of the costumes with, with what I consider to be needless detailing with, with just extra lines on, on sleeves and shoulders. And, um, I mean, Fabak does the best he can with it, and um, mm-hmm. it, it, it reminds me, Vince, of the um, Perez drawn issues of Justice League of America. It's just, it's oh got that 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 sense to it. It's it's you have an extremely talented artist working on a team book, doing you know, and, and drawing Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern, and and the uh, it just it. It feels like it's a big deal because it is drawn so well. You don't just have somebody drawing a Justice League book. You have somebody who's really good at, at, at like Jason said, doing action. He's real good with the sequentials. Um, it, it, now, go ahead. are these the same costumes that were designed by Jim Lee? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I think the one thing no one uh, could ever say about Jim Lee as a, as a draftsman or as a designer is he's, you know, economical. That is true, yeah. So it's it's always more is is better with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I I have no idea why people are acting the way they're acting in Justice League, especially when I'm also reading a couple other DC books and they're the same character, they're just nothing like what they are uh in Justice League and it, it hasn't moved me enough to find out why Luther, how far back in Justice League I'd need to read, or even in Superman's books to find out where Luther kind of 
straight off his dark path, but um, it's it's still Luther, and especially uh, Vince. Were you completely caught up on Grayson? Shh, you killed my segue. Well, that's cool because I'm killing my own, but it, it's <laughs> but you know yes, you I, have, I read it all. Okay, so obviously, um, there's a he's not completely. Um, uh, what the hell would I say? It, it, he's still, it, it, it's still Lex Luthor. So you still, there's still no way as a reader that, that I'm going to trust him. So I'm just waiting for that, uh, him to just show his true colors. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it is interesting though, because his sister's with him. Yep. And then she seems to be cool with him, but then she shoots him <laughs> and then soup saves him. It's, well, that's uh, hey, right, but we're past when she shoots him. It's after the Amazo storyline, right? Yes, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, that is true. Right. Um, right now we're into the. Is it part of the? Is it the Dark Side War? The dark or Side War. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, when did we find out uh, Anti Monitor's name? I know it was in one of the events, right? It was. It was right before the events. I think it was like issue 39 or 40. Okay. No. No. We. No. 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 I'm saying we, we find that they, they call him by his name in Justice League, but we found out his name in a prior event. Maybe it was, um, maybe it was the free comic book day issue? Maybe. Could have been. Could have been. Um, that would make sense, right? Uh, yeah. Now I'm a little, like, I, uh, I'm a little unclear exactly as to the motivations of the anti-monitor here. Um, but but either way, it's pretty cool that the anti monitor is going to go up against Darkseid, and that essentially Earth is going to get waylaid and in it, in it's, it's going to be in its wake. Um, uh, but uh, again, I'm I'm definitely along for the ride. I I think the new gods as a concept are cool, and I know DC has tried a few times in recent years to make them relevant. It's kind of like the uh, the the Inhumans at Marvel. They try very hard, but doesn't seem to grab. Most readers just don't seem to resonate with the characters for some reason. But I've always dug them. Um, I uh I th- I thought it was cool that you know you had all Darkseid's minions going around killing all these different like you talked about I'm just, I'm re- being redundant here but but uh the different women of the same name and um uh you know that was pretty cool um and uh you know I, again I I definitely am along for the ride I don't because I don't know these characters histories as much I don't have much of a I'm not ge- I'm not doing I don't find myself guessing as to what's going to happen I'm just kind of there for it to happen yeah. The problem for me was the linchpins of your Justice League should be a trinity. Right? Mm-hmm. When one or more of your trinity is unlike anything I've come to know about that character, they lose me. And I can't wrap my hand my head around this Superman. I cannot do it. I don't know why. At David's prompting, I read a boatload of Superman, and I don't know who this character is. No, well, definitely this is, not. This, this is not Superman. Well, this is well not let me Superman. ask you though. But uh, putting, I can see what you, I can see what you're saying relative to action in Superman. But I don't think there's much of a personality to the Superman in Justice League. I think he's just Superman. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy that's there to do heroic things. I and mean, there has been very little, at least in in the Amazo War in the Darks. I mean, Superman has basically been a supporting character, and very little's been been put. Up. I mean, there's been very little plot plot development with him. So, 
I mean, we've gotten more insight into Shazam, more insight into Wonder Woman. And I'm not definitely. in love with this Shazam at all. No. no, no, why not? No, no. I just saw. I've always pictured Shazam. Yeah, no, I it's um too mean and he, and too um he, he reminds me of grunge from from Gen thirteen. It's just like, yeah. uh, dude, what are we gonna do with this guy? And and it's like, you know, it's just. But that would be a modern kid, though. But that's right. But that's. It, but that's the whole thing about Shazam. He's not a modern kid. Well, nobody he's is a, though. I mean, again, it's not. This isn't. We're, this isn't a, a flashback show. This is. This is Shazam in the modern modern age. Yeah. This is this is this is today's Shazam, which is why I'm I'm not. But what I'm. Yeah. What I'm getting at is Shazam should never be a product of the modern age. Never. No, I disagree. That's what differentiated him from all the other heroes. He was a um, a, a, a golden age, yeah. well, roundabout hero in in a man's body. Uh, kid in a man's body and he he didn't say the right thing he didn't uh things would upset him because he didn't you know he would see things in the modern world that didn't jibe with what he thought the world should be based on where he was when he was from it's just like he he's just an innocent pure we'll see again maybe, good-hearted maybe kid in case of you guys being cl- too close to the character because that's exactly as you're describing him that's exactly as how i've taken him in these eight issues like he's he's he can't he's literally let, rendered speechless by a dead body you know, we take for granted that, that, here, well, that fits. But, yeah. but he, you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, but, but I, I mean, I'm, again, you guys know the character far better than I do. I, I, the one that I'm intrigued by, but don't really get much is this power ring. Power ring? I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Because she, <laughs> she's definitely got issues, right? She's definitely insecure yeah. and kind of mental. Um, I guess she's a green lantern of some sort, but they call her power ring. So I don't know. She why. is, she's the ring from what, um, Austin told me a couple months ago. She, is basically she inherited? I'll put that in quotes. The ring from the what used to be, um, Earth Three, but but it's, it's the crime syndicate's power ring. So it's it's the evil version of Green Lantern. So she, she's okay. called Power Ring because that was the character's name in the crime syndicate. So that that's her ring, and okay. she um, I guess because it is evil, and she may not be. Uh, she's having issues either controlling it or, or, um, trying not to let it consume her, mm-hmm. uh, with its thoughts. And, and so that's why Hal was brought back to the Justice League so that he can help train her and, and control it. Um, which leads me to, to, to another nit is that there really isn't any character that gets the spotlight it, from, although between the Amazovirus, story and now this dark side war story the only one who i really see having any sort of um that basically gets the majority of of uh you get to see in action is is wonder woman you, you batman not so much green lantern not so much cyborg no uh cyborg with, with cyborg it's a lot of flashbacks or this is what happened to me and and you know mm-hmm. when my dad did this um you know, and then it's shazam or flash no, nobody really gets uh fleshed out too much except for wonder woman which is fine uh it, it's because i'm not reading the the ongoing wonder woman but the uh it, it's back in the day when when you would read the majority of, of the Justice League books, you would get um maybe an issue would would be kind of devoted to one 
of the team and, and then, uh, and everybody else around them. But this is kind of just, this is moving the story along, but no one's really in the forefront. And I mean, the, the stories are still great and they still look amazing, but I have no real emotional attachment. There's no connection really with any of, of our heroes. Okay. Hmm. But I got to give David props, big, big time props. Why is that? Not only for your um, hypothesis that when they dick with Batman, they usually dick with Superman, because <laughs> because I, I read, like I said, a bunch of Superman with that truth storyline, yeah. and isn't the uh, Commissioner Gordon in the robot? Yes, uh, the, the, yeah. that's mm-hmm. happening concurrently. So David's on to something, and uh, two, he's right on the money about Grayson. And and Jason, you you are too because you, I think you have you've praised it in the past. I read ten issues in an annual and a futures end, and I think Seely and King are really onto something with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, amazingly so. I profess to not being a gigantic Dick Grayson fan, but this to me is Dick Grayson without all the bullshit. Right. It works for me. Yeah. Seeing him, seeing him in this, in this atmosphere on his own, it's just like being back in Bloodhaven. That was my favorite part. Oh, okay. Of, of Dick Grayson was when he was doing it solo in Bloodhaven, figuring out things by himself, didn't need the bat to pull him out of it. Um, and this kind of feels like, uh, Bloodhaven only with the, like a super spy, uh, air to it. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, and this, uh, Mikhail Janine, oh my God, right? this guy's good. Yeah, they uh, they should pay him whatever he wants, because if they lose him, I think a, a, a crucial part of why this series works so well will be gone. Not to say that Celia and, and King aren't pulling their own weight. The stories are great, but the visuals. Wow. Really sharp. Amazing. He's got there's a, a slight homage to Steranko here and there, which works really well. Uh, I think the. The, the layouts really flow nicely. The details are amazing. Um, and the, one of the best parts about it for me is the, um, writing team are not convinced of their awesomeness like other really witty writers. <laughs> they're, they're just bringing it. Um, even the, the, the coolest concepts are almost, um, brief asides like, oh, well, this is a cool concept, you know, you want to geek out over this? Go ahead. If not, it's only a minor footnote in this story. Right. It doesn't. The 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 concepts do not become the story, and I well they factor into the plot. Obviously, they wouldn't be there if they didn't. But they are not the sole reason for these stories to exist. And I I love that about this. Like the 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 implants, awesome. The the poppy who was a cannibal and is now working for Spiral. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a brief aside, like one issue. They, they go up against her and oh yeah, we hired her. She's, she's with us now. It's so neat. Um, I, I love everything about this series and it's a DC book. Yay. <laughs> so there you go. Absolutely. And, and we will, uh, we may have an opportunity to talk even more about that series and other Tom King yeah. work soon. Cause I, I am, um, I'm curious to know where I know it's usually the credits are usually written by Tim Seeley plot. By King and Seely, and and I I I'd, I'd like to know where Tom and and Tim meet, and 
how much of it is actually Tom King because we kind of know what he used to do and and this is kind of perfect for I uh, just like the Sheriff of Baghdad book coming out from Vertigo it will kind of just feeds off of his past experiences and uh there are definitely some things that I'm sure Tom is kind of exaggerating slightly but based in real life in Grayson mm-hmm. uh but the uh yeah no I mean it's yeah you're right Vince it it, it looks great and it, it it's it's not just it entertaining not... it 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 you need more oh yeah yeah and it feels like exercise issues with everyone because there's so much going That's on That's true and there's so much interaction between uh the matron and grayson yeah. or you know it, it it's it's dense yeah. and you really get your money's worth and i'm i'm not trying to give tom and tim a reach around by any means because if it wasn't good i would just wouldn't talk about right. it but uh for me it doesn't feel like a new 52 book mm-hmm. that's this true. could be the the previous incarnation of the dc universe there's nothing really to to no landmarks yet, and aside from right. aside from maybe Midnighter. Oh is, yeah, okay, right, right, which is fine, but still, even that, you don't. It's not like you need to read a Midnighter book to find out what the hell he's doing. Right, with Grayson, and it, it's just it's it's just another character. But I my my selling point to you on Grayson was mostly you don't need to know anything else. This is the most un Batman universe book. In the Batman umbrella that DC's putting out. Because aside yeah, from sure, him yeah. phoning home, like I said, ain't got nothing to do with Batman. You don't see him. You don't, you don't have to worry about him. Nope. There's no tie in. There's no, oh, to be, there's no crossover with the whole Bat books. This is just, this great. Yeah. They mentioned Checkmate. Yep. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's an entity in this universe. Um, the, the thing that I was like, oh my God, Janine, you are a son of a bitch. The Orca with the, the, the uh, oh, mechanical, oh, that thing was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we only got to see it for like two panels. Like, I want to see more mm-hmm. of the Orca. Bring it back. Um, you know what? I, I get the sense from, and I don't know if he works digitally, but I, I, there are some artists, there's some comic books you'll read, and you just know that the artist drew that page because he knows on the secondary market he's going to be able to get a couple grand for that page. <laughs> I don't get that sense from Grayson because all all Michael's doing is is progressing the story. He's drawing what you. It just it works. There's no, there's nothing gratuitous. There's nothing like oh I'm gonna put a double page spread here because you know it's just it, it's Grayson bouncing around the 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 school grounds and it's like no it's just that could take a panel and and it's just he's he's smart about what he's drawing on the page that that just gets gets the point across. At, at no point that I feel like an issue ended. Or, or was or, or dragged out. It, it everything kind of just it it fits. It's it's a really well done book. Yeah, and the um the best spread to date for me was when uh Dick was fighting Midnighter right before they meet Glenn Danzig and he gets popped yes. off to the <laughs> to the um <laughs> the the garden that that spread with. Them going at it, oh man, is that fluid. And at no point do you ever get the, um, feeling that it was forced or a struggle no, on right, the artist's right. part. It just, it looks so smooth and nothing's labored, but Janine has a very realistic style. So 
he's he's got to hit the mark every time. When you choose to to work realistic like this, you got to make sure that your character looks like the character every time you draw yeah. him. And this guy nails it every panel. It's just amazing. Love it. Yeah, no. Coloring too. Your, Coloring too is great. The whole package is terrific. Um, yeah. I don't mean to jump back, but I just did want to ask one thing. What what, what did just about the Justice League? What did you guys think of um Bat Batmetron? I, I, no I, so you're not you're not current, Vince, you just didn't bother to read Justice League. I, I read some of it. Okay. Oh. It looks it's pretty. Okay. Um, not my cup. Of all, of all the members of the team, that's that makes the most sense for it to be Batman mm-hmm. sitting in the chair. Um, I I did enjoy his uh, his getting comfortable in the chair, asking those questions like you know who the Joker really is and and who killed my parents, and I thought that 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 worked for me. You will see though, Jason, in, in number forty three, um, that Batman is uh nice some editing gaps aside and, and that that I noticed, but there are Batman is is a dick and and even <laughs> in, in when he's sitting in this chair that's really pronounced. It 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 comes uh, comes very naturally to him, but there are um his reactions, and I mean, it's like it's like there's a scene. Uh, it's well, no, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to take anything away from it when you read it. But there, there's just his his actions and his reactions, uh, just really kind of hammer that home. But I, I like it because it. He's not surprising in the chair, but uh, it's. I like how it's presented. The, like I said, there really is it Wonder Woman couldn't sit in that chair. Hal couldn't really sit in that chair and, and get the same um elicit the same reaction from me it, it if he did. It, it it Batman's got um he may be more determined. He's probably the most determined on the team. Uh Flash doesn't have the personality to pull it off. The um well, if it's the character profile, it, what does Metron does. do? He collects data. He and, observes. Right, but yeah. this is you, you. Um, you're you're right, Vince. But uh, if if you if you do continue, if you just if you skip ahead and just read the Dark Side War, I think. Um, actually, you know what? I I kind of want you to read the Dark Side War because I want you to see Jack's characters in a slightly different light. I, I'm curious to to know your take on Calabac and and. Uh, there's, I saw some of them in the Green Lantern thing. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't bother with that, so I didn't. I yeah. I don't know where if, if it's the same thing, if it's if it's a continuation. I mean, yes, Hal does reference it, and he talks about the chair and and how Batman really Batman can probably handle it, but not for too long. And and even Cyborg's like, you know, you are the only one who can really sit in this chair. But again, you still you're hooked up to alien tech. You don't know what kind of 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 toll it's going to take. Um, and so far, I'm not getting the sense that Batman is against his team. Like, oh, you'll never get me out of this chair, and 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 I'll fight anybody who tries. It's just he he still seems to be in control, but that's Batman. And you um, 
Well, and, and I don't know if it was established before this. It seemed like it was, and they were just re-referencing it, but uh, the anti-monitor sat in the chair that Metron's in before. Well, that's 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 why his name is Mobius, and that's why it's the no, Mobius okay. chair. Because, so that's, right, but what I'm saying, so that was established elsewhere, is my point. Oh, that's just silly. Why? Well, that's that's I just don't. I don't that's like the new that fifty-two. I mean, that's so. Don't yeah. worry about that in that regard. It's it's um, but but Calabac is definitely different than 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 what I'm used to, especially when you think about the old Jackson superpowers and 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 that the uh, um, yeah, Calabac's basically like an uncontrollable beast. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good for Calabac. Yes, it is. Um, the sod looks like he ate the same thing that Jonah Hex used to eat. You have the uh, <laughs> uh, Megan is kind of hot, actually. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I'm digging Mr. Miracle, but the when when you get to the end of, of issue 43 and and you see Metron, um, I know I know Metron was never he was I guess kind of mysterious, but but there wasn't really much to trust about Metron. He was kind of like the Watcher. He'd show up, he'd talk, talk about shit, yeah. and he'd disappear again. This this version of Metron, there's there's more to, or we're going to get more to him than than we ever did before. Um, you know, and I, I don't know if they're just, I'm sure they are taking liberties with a lot of things. It's like you know, the, these are Jack's characters, but we own them, and we're going to do this with it because you know, those versions are still out there. This is just you know the new Fifty Two New Gods, and uh, it's um, it's. I think it really is Fabak that that's that keeps me coming back to read it because I, I don't know, um, you know, I'm 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 a Jim Lee fan. I I, I like the man I, and 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 I respect his work ethic and um, you know, I can look back at some of those old X Men books and and they're not entirely painful, but I just I know where you know I I have a um, I have a history. With Jim Lee's artwork, but the, uh, um, I didn't stick around with the Justice League when the New 52 started. And, you know, you had Johns, you had Lee, and, and you, there just wasn't anything there that kept me coming back. But this, with this Justice League, I, I want to read it because, you know, I mean, Johns is telling a story, but it's, it's really the art that is, is the selling point for me. Okay. Okay. Which like I don't said, know if I answered your action. question. Yeah. Yeah. But. No, that's cool. That's completely fair. Yeah, that's cool. So there you go. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I, this may shock you guys, but I'm a Kirby purist. Yeah. I, I think when anybody tries to tweak the new gods, it never comes out well. Like, um, when um, DeFalco did the, the Forever People recently, it was in the spirit of what Jack did and, and Giffen, so it worked for me. But on the flip side, when when Morrison did all that Infinite Crisis, when he completely changed the New Gods, it was just I don't know. I, I the, you're working from a disadvantage right from the get go when you mess with these characters like that. Sure. With me, I'm not saying it was good or bad. Uh, or, or indifferent. It's just, it, it, it doesn't work when you deviate from the, the Kirby for me. Yeah, you're, I mean, like you said, you're a purist. It's a tough sell for you. It is. The, um, 
I no, I I definitely get that because it's. I mean, we. I think I think we all, the three of us collectively, have um, something that we don't want to see messed with and and strayed from what we know. Um, You're not gonna go there, are you? I'm not. I'm not. And it, it's well. <laughs> no, well, wait. Where's there? Uh, you know where there is. We're not. We're. we're are we not? Going to, we're not going to talk about Superman. You could, no, 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 not Superman. The flip side, the the other part of the 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 equation. Uh, the super, Superman appeared in both um, previous series, but he's not the main character in this book that I'm talking about. Oh, what are you talking about? Dark Knight. Oh, oh. oh. No, we're not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so the, I mean, I like how the ads are like, oh, the epic conclusion to the trilogy. When the fuck was it ever considered? When, when did, no one, no one ever said Frank's like, oh, I'm going to tell a trilogy of the, no, no, Frank, no. Frank says it's no, a trilogy, no, then goddammit. Frank, it's a, Frank it's doesn't know what the word trilogy means at this point, but no, Frank does See, not. you're being, you guys, both you guys are being mean. No. It, you're you, being mean. It does, it don't, it's not a good look. Both no, of them. alright, first, alright, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave, You're right, it's not a good Frank, look. Have you seen it? It's Frank not a good look. look. What we, does I'm that have leave, to do with anything? No, listen, I'm gonna leave the man alone. This is DC saying, oh, it's, it's the conclusion of the trilogy. I, it, listen, I don't think, first of all, it took like 15 years before part two came out, but there was nothing ever, ever. I will go through old fucking comics journals, comic scenes, Fucking four color. I'll go through everything I can find. And I, I bet you at no point did Frank ever say, I have a grand three part story I want to tell about the Dark Knight of Batman in the future after Bruce Rains retired from being Batman. No, it was, why he told a story. A, but why is that even a requirement? Why, why does it matter? If, if, if the, the because inspiration make, for the part, work says, I'm going to do another it one. It would make part two a little easier to take and maybe Something oh, to understand. Sure. But cha- cha- oh, no, no church. Was a- no, street corner. No. That's what that is. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's gospel. It's it is not. Uh, I don't believe it. Not for a minute. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't believe. So it's, it's all good. The, the, uh, no, I just, I am there. I, I told you guys, I, I, I said this yesterday in Messenger to you both. I, I'm like, or, or Monday, whenever. I was just like, this, there are, there are so many things that that mean the Dark Knight to me, and at the top of that list is Frank Miller. Frank Miller written, Frank Miller drawn, and then there are other things that fall into place. Lynn Varley colored, Klaus Janson inked, and 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 the story itself. You you now get to the Dark Knight three, and it's co-written by Frank with help from Brian Azzarello. It's penciled. By a Cubert brother, but inked by Klaus. And it's... It, uh oh, you don't know that. It's Now, wait, 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 wait. Oh, just oh, for one second. I, just humor I me. I know. The format of this new series is... It's also not prestige. Or, Stop. It doesn't have to no, be prestige. No, I'm telling you what I think of when I hear a dark... Okay. But as far as the visuals and the writing on this new book, there is a book, a comic within a comic. You don't know yet whether Frank is doing... The main story with Klaus mm. and Azarello's doing the tip in mm. with Kubert. You don't know that yet. Now what? Now, there you go. What if Frank does the main story and Azarello is in charge of the tie in? That's 
stuck in the middle of this thing. Mm, it's not. Ah, we really, we kind of segued right into this for those that are wondering. We're 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 yeah. having a, a spirited little debate here about the news that we're going to get a third version of the uh, Dark Knight uh, Returns series by Frank Miller uh, called The Master Race. And yes. David and I are highly, highly skeptical of this project. And Vince, who is unequivocally a humongous fan of not only the first, which is one of the greatest comics of all time, yes. but the second, which is nowhere close. Uh, so he's more excited <sighs> about the third than we are. I'm giddy. That's, that's, that, let's just put this into perspective. The, it, when you look at Miller's accomplishments, more often than not, when he puts pen to paper or sits down at the keyboard, he produces a masterpiece. More often than not. Now, l- just look at the laundry list. I'll leave dark, I'll leave DK2 out of it just for the sake of argument, even though I think it's great. Dark Knight Returns. Sin City. Daredevil. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, 300. More often than not, when the man sits down to work, he produces you can even add Martha Washington in there. When he sets his mind to it, he, the average, he averages a masterpiece more than he does. And when you even look at his, his list of accomplishments, who, aside from Alan Moore, could even compare with the, what Frank Miller has done? Think about it. The guy is on the Mount Rushmore in terms of resilience, just the staying power of his stories. They refuse to go away. People accept these as you do not think Born Again and the whole Frank Miller Daredevil is not a masterpiece. It is. How are we? How are we getting? Hey, I'll tell you, but we're I'm not. Sorry. How are we I'm going down saying, that rabbit hole? When have David? I'm just saying. When have David and I ever? Ben. When have either of us ever dismissed Frank Miller as an, as one of the great creators in the in the genre? I don't know. What I'm saying is, you're scoffing at this out of the gate when yes. the odds are in his favor. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, no, okay, no, first no, of all, no. how the fuck are the odds in their favor in his favor with after DK two after uh, after Holy Terror? You cannot tell me that that no. You can't tell me, dude. He has not been batting a thousand in when you, recent when you years. Are, a writer artist of a caliber of year one. You do not get DK two All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Thank you. Dude, yeah, no, this in. Is, dude. He is not. Do the man. No, dude. Nah, okay, I'm with. But he's not. We're not. We're not talking about what he used to do. If this was the Frank Miller that did Born Again and Year One, that's fine. But it's but it not is Frank Miller. No. Did. Yes, it is. No. It's the same. It's man. the Frank Miller who did that, and then later on. Did the three books that Jason just mentioned? No, it's not. No, no, wait, 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 wait. So, because those books exist, they somehow taint what he's of the, the masterpiece. They don't. No, they don't. Those those masterpieces are insular. They, they Again, start. We're on a not debating page. the merits of those masterpieces. We're debating whether or not the Frank Miller of 2015 is capable of even yeah, getting within a, a, a approximation of what made those things great. He sure is. And Vince, I will. I reading the solicit. I will grant you that maybe Frank is doing a solo write on one of those comics and Azarello is writing the other, but it says art by Andy Kubert and Klaus Janssen. So he's not drawing it. So again, and because of the form, there are just, there are things that I think about when I hear a dark night and, and, and this is not it. This is, this to me is just, they could solicit it as, Cash grab the master race, eight so series, and that's 
Hubert and Jansen are doing 40 plus pages a month on this thing? Well, I'm sure they've been working on it for a long time. Well, see, that's the thing. It's a 32 page standard format comic. So that's ads. So there's 22 pages. And then plus 16. Yeah, that's not, plus they've had, they've, this coming out in the fall. It's coming out in November is the first issue, supposedly. And you know, bro, you know, between the four issues of the Dark Knight Returns and the three issues of Dark Knight Strikes Again, these are not going to be seven consecutive fucking months. No, they're going to be delayed. So it's, it's, so, it's, so it's inevitable. Really about who's going to be the art on it because it, it's, it doesn't, yes, the, these two guys are going to do the art and none of them are going to be Frank Miller. He's got a variant cover. So, I mean, that, that's it. Other than that, the cover's by Andy Kubert. It's a Batman story. I'm not, I'm not viewing this as a Dark Knight. I will, I will hook a brother up. I will help Frank out and buy it. But I am, and, and, and I'll read it because you know what? I fucking sat my ass through Dark Knight Strikes again. Oh I, my, stop shitting on that book. No, well, I read it. I, I, I know. So I can. I've read it more than once in attempts to see yeah, if I missed something the first time. And it's still good. It's still good I'm every still time blind. you read it. I'm still wearing from the colors. This, and and oh it's not God. colored by Lynn Varley. Dude, it's like, there's so many misses with this calling it part of that Dark Knight story. But it's, you know, it, it's that we're getting caught up on, on, on my hangups on it. But no, there's, if, if the Frank Miller, if the Frank Miller who, if I had an idea that the dude who wrote those comics from the 80s and 90s that I loved, the, the Daredevils and the Sin Cities and, and the Martha Washingtons, if he were, if there was a hint that he was showing up to write this, or co-write it, whatever you want to call it, I would be, I, I, I'd be there. But yeah. this is, this is the guy, this is the Frank Miller who Went off the deep end during the end of, of Sin City and decided to make a spirit movie, decided to, to, to co-direct a second Sin City movie, wrote All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Which you remember. I mean, even though you of joke about it. Of course you remember, because what else? Yep. It's not like he's, it's, it's not like he's doing a book every goddamn month. <laughs> I know. It's Frank you Miller. Have, you you actually, like, like we've you... forgotten what Frank Miller did before all this. No, no, no listen, listen, it's, seriously, I'm the goddamn Batman. Ridiculous line, right? But is it so ridiculous? That's the thing you remember about that book. I'm the goddamn Batman, right? So maybe something of, to which you're making fun, was kind of smart in in you know in in the beginning because that's what you remember from that book, right? It, anything that sticks in your mind is a win, whether it's good or bad. What I what I it's, remember is is the retarded fucking yellow everybody everything painted yellow so Green Lantern couldn't couldn't. I remember couldn't that as well. Goddamn right! I remember the foldout when we get to the Batcave for the first time. You know, there's there are better things. And more stupid things to remember that I'm the goddamn Batman. Yes, that was, that was something that turned a lot of people off and it's like, oh my god, this is a stupid Batman story. And, and that's fine if that's what they want to think. It, 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 it may have looked pretty at times, but no, that, that wasn't, that was a Batman story, but that wasn't a, a good Batman story. It, it, it's not. I think Frank's going to surprise you. I hope he does. I think Frank's I think are going to surprise you. Surprising. This is going to be, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to call it not quite Dark Knight. It's just, it's not something that I, 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 I want to, I so, so want to be surprised. I, I, I want to love this and, and I, I'm coming down on it hard because I've, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I've been burned. 
I've been burned by this guy, and and it's you know how? I, other people how well, I just ran shit off. How so you did, how, are, how is not enjoying something being burned? I think holy terror is great, but you know, like obviously, other people's mileage may vary. That's not being burned. That's just not finding um, anything to enjoy about the, the man's one piece of work. And then, okay, so if you don't like something else, I'm just saying, the, the list of accomplishments he has far outclasses everyone but Alan Moore. So give him the benefit of the doubt. I did well, that. Well, that's David's point. I, We've given the benefit of the doubt multiple times, and he's, it's been more than a decade since Multiple times, yeah, okay, in recent memory. The, in the, the last three things he's done. <laughs> I, I'm with David. I think the last three things you've done haven't been blah. They've been, like, horrifically bad. So to the point, it's, it's like, it's like M. Night Shyamalan making a bunch of cool movies and then becoming a laughing stock. Like, to me, Frank Miller that I've seen in the last decade is a laughing stock. Nah, don't see it. Well, I know you don't see it. Of course you don't see it. You think, it. you think DK2 is, is a masterpiece. I mean, that's, I love that's it. like, the, this is equivalent, this is the comic nerd equivalent of, of, of me sitting down with the Catholic priest and debating the existence of God. Like, it's, we're so far apart in our worldview as a baseline on, Miller and where he is right now that we're really just going to have to agree to disagree, right? I mean, David and I think he's lost his touch a long time ago. You think he continues to be an all uh, continues to be like a great, and that's a that's a pretty chasmous divide. Yeah, it is. But all being said, I sincerely hope that it uh, that this is a triumphant return, yeah, and gets Frank the paycheck he needs to. Pay for whatever he needs to make. Yeah, I, abs- I absolutely, without a doubt, one hundred percent wish him the absolute best. I, I, I don't want. I hope I, this thing sells a million copies. Well, we don't know the specifics. We don't, and we, we should. Don't. We and shouldn't. We shouldn't. I'm not speculating. I just, I'm, I'm. What my well, again? Eyes... I'm not. I'm not poking fun. I mean, I think we can all like we're all we're all adults here. I mean, Frank Miller is ill. I mean, that's not. That, yeah, that is, I, I don't know what he's ill from, and I don't care. What I don't I haven't speculated, but he's certainly very ill. The man looks like he's ninety years old. We're concerned, right? Yes, so all I'm saying is, is whether his motivations are he's really had this story for twenty years that he wanted to tell, and he's finally getting a chance to tell it, or this is his best opportunity to make a crap ton of money while he still can, really is irrelevant. I, I hope. While I don't, I will be very surprised if I find this to be an enjoyable book. A, I hope I'm surprised on that, but B, I sincerely hope he sells a trillion copies of this thing. I hope it gets optioned for a movie. I hope it's Ben Affleck's first film that he did. I, I, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I hope this is all good. Like it's, I hope it makes well, him. He, like you said, Miller. Regardless of what he's done or not done in the last decade, he's still one of the all-time greats, and uh, I want to see him healthy, happy, and, and wealthy. And I, I think we will. For the year and a half, it'll take these seven issues to come out. We will talk about <laughs> he the will, issue. He will got not. It, got it. He won't let go. <laughs> it's okay though, because that's what we love about him. We, we will David be, is a tenacious <laughs> bastard. When we he will be to here to talk about each oh, issue. I'm buying the singles. I'm buying the deluxe, and I'm buying the damn slip. I I will. I, the absolute. Yeah. Yeah, he would. Uh, I will. I'll damn. buy the damn skip. The, uh, you know no, the I, thing I, about I know the, him. You know what the best thing about absolute DK two is. Because it takes, you know, it's a larger page size. You actually can see like the dot matrix dots of all the colors. It's pretty cool. Regardless of the fact that it was intentional. Uh, oh, okay. Because that's yeah, that, that makes it, that makes it was better. intentional. You were digging for buying it and reading it and trying to make sense of it. The uh, why when I enjoyed every page of it. Yes, you did. 
and you might all the goddamn time. This is just a brief aside. Did you know that um, Holy Terror was? You you probably know this. It was originally a Batman yes. story. Yes. And they wouldn't, they, they didn't want him to do it. Yeah. Well, because it involved. That, that should have just been, and of course, Legendary is like, oh, we'll fucking print it, cause, you know. But it's. Cause great. Yeah, that's why. Um. Shit. I will, no, I, I need to know what the, uh. I, I can't wait to see what the discounts are. Cause I will, I will buy those. Uh, every time it, every issue, I will happily buy. Yeah. I may not happily. Yeah, and, and we, I'm sure we'll have a ball talking about Absolutely. it because that's what that's what makes for a good podcast. Get Frank on the show. I would. Oh my god, I would love that. Wait, I would too. I would oh, get too. Frank on. Yeah, yeah, I want to get Frank on. I'll get down with Miller. Make it happen. I got a book. What you got? All yeah, right. Raise it up. We got all negative there for a second. Well, this is going to be nothing with not all of us. This is going to be. <laughs> This is going to be nothing but positivity. I mentioned some names before. Art Adams, um, uh, Herb Trimpey. I mentioned Steve Bissett, uh, Dave Wachter, all of whom drew Godzilla. I have two more names to add to that list. I've talked about them, talked about them before. Matt Frank okay. and Jeff Zornow, who are awesome. This issue that I'm going to talk about, Godzilla, Rulers of Earth, number 25, is a landmark issue, not only because it was the end of this um, great series, but did you know that it um, goes down in the history books as the longest-running Godzilla series ever? Get out of town with yourself. Yes. Marvel's Godzilla only lasted 24 issues. So with this one more, they trump Marvel and IDW now has produced the longest-running Godzilla series. Oh, ever. Golf clap for them. Yeah, Dark Horse I think came close with seventeen, and um, the, the the IDW has a pretty long series with that initial Godzilla salvo, but this is the longest-running. Um, written by Chris Mowry, art uh, by I said Matt Frank and Jeff Zornow. There's an ink assistant here by Mustafa Musa. And color arts by Priscilla Tramontano. It wraps all up with issue 25. I also have gone on record in saying I think this series was maybe a little too long in spots. Mm -hmm. But no, it's okay. They ran with it. But this is the prestige format. Clay-coated covers. Um, It's a big one. And I think it was extra. It was $7.99 for this issue. Everything wraps up here. Um, the two alien races that were trying to take over and colonize the Earth have, they were at odds at one point. Uh, they have joined forces and created hybrid versions of all our favorite Daikaiju. And it's up to Godzilla and everybody else to save the damn day. Um, some of the many highlights of this issue, Godzilla teams up with um, a whole bunch of heavy metal. Uh, Mogera and uh, Mechagodzilla, the Kiryu version of Mechagodzilla, not the original. Uh, the American Godzilla, also known as Zilla, actually serves a purpose, makes himself useful in this uh, issue. He's not the steaming pile of poop that we saw in the Roland Emmerich movie. Uh, King Caesar and Jet Jaguar kind of saved the day. We get um, Millennium Era Gigan on a rampage in space 
is an amazing issue. And I think the reason why this series worked so well, um, as long as it was, was because the people behind the pencils, mm-hmm. not only writer Chris Mowry, but Matt Frank and Jeff Zornow are unabashed Godzilla fans. If you look at Matt Frank's uh, Facebook, he loves Kaiju. He loves the Sentai stuff. He loves the Tokusatsu uh, series. He loves anything Japanese uh, of, the, of the fantastic. Matt Frank is on it. And you could tell by every panel, it's just, they, they render Godzilla so lovingly mm-hmm. and the, and his, his buddies on Monster Island. Um, even the aliens are really cool. It's just, this is, uh, like I said, exercise issue. It's a all out Daikaiju throwdown. Just monsters beating the crap out of each other. If that's, if you find some value in that, like I do, Buy this issue, buy this series, because it was so damn good. It's just... I'm getting the trade, dog. I have lamented the fact that there aren't many giant monster comics out there. This filled the void, and now Godzilla and Hell will fill that void. But I, I just loved everything about this series. Eh, it's kind of silly here and there. And, well, a lot of it's silly. But if you revisit the Showa era, Godzilla movies, even the, the Millennium stuff... Godzilla tends to get silly now and then, and that's okay mm-hmm. because, I mean, in essence, it's guys in rubber suits beating the hell out of each other. It's you, you either have to get it and love it or you find it fairly silly. I don't find it silly. It, it is the, the stuff of my youth, and, and this just brought me back. It works. Um, a lot of work went into this issue. A lot of work went into this series, and um, it's just amazing. You should really. I'm glad you got the. You have been buying the trades, haven't you? Yeah, I've been buying all the trades. I'm I'm behind like two two volume like not. You know, I know they're not. They're all separate, but I'm like two trades behind. Yeah, and it's the story just kept on going and going. And yeah, going. yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was there was a reason just to see giant monsters fight, and uh, there's substance to it. At in the end, one of the characters um, kind of has an awakening and embraces who she is and and that's cool but uh, you know the human interest stuff has always been at the core of Godzilla screen time even the Showa era Godzilla screen time is like the American movie the the recent one a fraction of the running time so it's always been about like man thing the characters around Godzilla mm-hmm. dro- drove the story but you know we all showed up we all plopped our butts in the seats to see one thing and that's Godzilla and that's kind of what this series does. It 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 kind of dispenses with a lot of the 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 um, more mundane aspects of of Godzilla and just just proves why we we bought the book to see Godzilla beating the shit out of Gigan or you know Jet Jaguar throwing down with 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 um, these these monsters and you could tell that um, the 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 creative team really loved this stuff. And it's in the it's in the small details. Like, if you picked up this book and you, you see Jet Jaguar, you know, fighting Gigan, you'd be like, "Oh, that's cool." But there's a reason why they did that, because the two beat the crap out of each other in Godzilla vs. Megalon. So they 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 that's the the antecedent they use to to bring you know it's knowledge. It shows that they're well versed in this stuff. And I mean, I picked up on it being a huge fan of Godzilla, and I'm sure a lot of people did too. Just 
it just unabashed giant monster joy. That's what it is. And I, and I love it because of that. There's no deep meaning in it all. It's not the, you know, the terrors of the atomic age. It's just big monsters throwing down. I mean, what's more, how much more do you need to love it? And it's well drawn, well written, just great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that it's over, but like I said, we do get, um, Godzilla in hell, and I'm sure there'll be another miniseries after that or another ongoing. So the void is, will be filled by something, but great job to everyone involved. Glad you did it. Um, I will cherish these issues and um, do more. I don't know what Matt Frank and Jeff Zorno are going on to, but I'll be there. Aww. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> what else do we have? Uh, Dap, you want to talk a little Starved? Starved, rather? We can do that. We absolutely can do that. Um, we can do... Can we do an image orama and attack something else onto that too? Yeah, well, yeah, we could bang a bunch of yes, little, because little, um, little quick hits, yeah. Because I, I, I can uh, circle back to the whole um, secret agent love fest that that you attached to Grayson. So yeah, and uh, also but, we should uh, maybe if we're going to do an image quick hits. The other thing I was going to mention is uh, beauty. That was yes. that's, that's yes. the one I oh, Okay, so, okay, yes, we can all talk about that. But yeah, no, starve. Uh, third issue was um, I, I had a revelation. With, with this particular issue. Uh, and I noticed it during the, the, the issues competition segment. Um, I don't know why I didn't pick up on it earlier, but it, you don't know if you're outside of Gavin Crookshank circle, you don't exist. And, and what I mean by that is during the competition, you, I, I see the other chefs and their sous chefs in the background working and, literally in the background but we have no idea who they are we don't know their motivation we don't know their backstory and i love that you you just this is this is gavin's story and in other books whether you know in other comic books mostly mainstream comic books you get the supporting cast you get peter parker's supporting cast the clark kent supporting cast and you get to know everything about them and sometimes that just either slows things down bogs it down uh, but not this. This is just, this is straight in your face. This is, this is the main focus of the story and, and where we're going with this one particular guy and, and his daughter, his wife, his, um, his, his longtime foe, his handler, anybody else is just a blur in the background. You, you don't care about him. You don't know about him. There's nothing to know about. Um, and I love that. I love how it's just, it's just concentrated down to what you just need to know. And, uh, I, I really do appreciate that. The, the, the third issue, uh, the third, third round of, of the competition, um, it was, it, I'm going to let you talk about the issue, but I just, there are things that, um, there was a lot going on. And I got to the end of the issue and I, it didn't feel like it was a short issue. But when I think back about what I had just read, it's not like a lot happened, but there were a lot of, of great moments, especially between, uh, Gavin and, and his daughter Angie. Yeah, I think you got on it. I mean, this is, uh, this issue was really about his daughter and their relationship. And, um, um, uh, I, I think that, uh, 
I don't know, man. This this story, this this series just hits me in the right spot. I uh, I just um, it, it's it's just this quirky setup that we've 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 dug into now for three issues, and I just think it's unique and uh, and great. And and Zezulj's art is perfect for this. I think it's it's I think his art has to be in the right. His art is stylistic enough that it has to be in the right type of book, and I think it's this is a perfect type of book for him. Um, I uh, can't wait to see what they have in store for Gavin in uh, the next round of the competition. She is such a bitch. Uh, she is a raging biatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vince, I mean, they had to, they had to, in this episode, they actually had to take a live pig and gut it and bleed it and use the whole pig. Yeah. Um, had to but they, serve it. they had to, they had to do the, they had to, they had to kill the pig in a, an area where like disembowel and everything. And that was the same area. They then had to set up their kitchen and cook in. So, wow. um, yeah, pretty crazy stuff, but that's raw, totally raw. Literally. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and things that there really isn't anything glossed over in, in the sense that, you know, Angie's like, well, I, I, I fought it. I felt like I had to puke a couple times. And even Gavin's like, yeah, I did too. But Gavin did this for a living. And, and to still know that, that he is capable of like, like nothing, He's not, he's not stone. Nothing on, everything can still affect him. And that gives me the sense that there, he's still, he can still lose this. And there's still some weight to that. Whereas, you know, he's not, he's not infallible. And, and, you know, he, he is the best chef on that stage, but he can still slip up. And even Angie tells him, his daughter's like, listen, you, you played it safe. You got lucky. And you're making safe dishes and, and whether it's, it's your name or, or the, the judges were just, you know, swept up in, in, in the moment, but you have not been making dishes that, that, that curl your toes and, and just right let everybody talk about them for, for years on end. You, you need to, you need to up your she game. Said you don't have the love of cooking. You have yes. the love back of cooking. Right. And, uh, and she, she challenges him to cook eggs for her. And uh, and again, that's a really smart thing because as foodies, we know that that even though eggs seem like a very simple thing to cook, whenever you're watching a food show like Top Chef or any of those competition shows, the chefs, the judges always say that eggs they view is one of the true tests of a chef and how good a cook they are. And uh, and you know he has to cook eggs for his daughter. It's um it's yeah like I just said, it's just a fascinating book. It looks great. It's it's well paced, uh, and it's it's genuinely unlike anything else on the stands. So. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'd be sad to see it go. It's not a, um, and, and the art, like Jason says, with, with it fitting the story, it's not, yes, they had to gut a pig, but it's still, it's not realistic enough where you're like, wow, I, I'm, this is making me nauseous or I'm, I'm gonna be a vegan for right. now. It's, exactly. it's still, it's still cartoony and exaggerated enough where you're like, I mean, the, the, the harshest moment was probably a close up on one of the pig's eyes. But other than that, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're removing the guts and, and, and just, and blood is just, it, it just looks, it, it's not, uh, it's not drawn in a realistic fashion. And, um, that's probably helping me get through some of it, but it's still a, uh, and, and I, I, I love the, um, when they were serving their dishes. And again, we don't, we don't know anything else about what the other chefs were serving, but we get little, not really a recipe, but just a brief description on each dish. And, and there's one dish that I know 
Jason would probably um, love to try, even though we're talking about pork in this particular instance. Uh, but there's still a uh, it 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 all seems extremely appetizing, and and yes, it is definitely something that you would think you think you'd see on uh, on Top Chef or Chopped or or Cutthroat Kitchen or something like that, where these are actual dishes that that you could expect to see. You would expect to see made in, um, not necessarily in this environment because of, of, uh, where they are as far as where the world is in this particular story. But no, the, these are, these are, these, these seem to be legit dishes. You know, nothing, it's not like they're coming up with some ingredients that, you know, you'd have to go to Hobbiton to find it. It's just, there's, 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 you know, there, there, there's some weight to, to what they're doing with the story, even though it's set in some dystopian financial future, it's it's a uh, it's still um, grounded somewhat. And and uh, no, it, it's it's a fantastic book. Yeah, like you, it, it's I, I would uh, I'm not I'm not keen on on seeing it end anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Now, Vince, jump in and get it, get us going on 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 the beauty truth um, written. By Jeremy Hahn and J- yes, and Jason Hurley. How he got off the island, I'll never know. Uh, um, he's been on Hawaii Five O for years, dude. He never left the island. <laughs> art by Jeremy Hahn. Uh, John Rausch does the color. Phonographics does the lettering. In short, um, there's an STD going around. Yes. Um, one that will not make you blind or liquefy your genitalia. Or make you unpalatable to the opposite sex. This actually does the inverse. This STD makes you beautiful. It thins you out, uh, sharpens and hones your, your facial features and your body features. And people want this STD. Um, but as we learned with the first issue, there's a drawback. It, it seems that maybe there's a... Uh, ticking time bomb like uh thing going on here when one woman on the uh subway actually just combusts from the inside out and uh the uh our special agents are called in and the story ensues um i absolutely love this issue and i gotta say solely i mean the story is really compelling as a what if what if an std was actually desirable that's that's pretty novel take yeah. on, on, on things, but the real joy for me, I don't think Jeremy Hahn has ever looked better. Agreed. 100%. Um, the art is phenomenal. Um, it's, it's, uh, appropriately sexy when it has to be. It's grotesque when needed. The, the image of the, the woman on the subway with the black around her eyes and mouth and she's all like, contorted and bent it's that's horrifying it really in the cover the cover uh, hans cover is just really disturbing how he juxtaposes the flowers yeah uh, the the beauty of the, the the floral uh thing around her with the actual cracked skin and the, the hollowed out eyes and mouth that's really disturbing to me i like it a lot because of that that it's it's so affecting i mean you can't look at that cover and say yeah, okay. It, it, it just takes you, it, it commands attention. Am I right? Agreed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and the story's neat. I gotta say though, I did see the twist at the end coming a mile away. That, that, that it was kind of did, uh, telegraphed early on when he when he uh, yeah when he said that thing to his wife. It, it didn't it didn't hamper my enjoyment at all. But I don't well, I don't want to spoil it. But I don't think certain see the, it, it must have been in the narrative because visually that character was not unappealing to me to begin with. Right. That's the thing. I think the fact that they that he had. Wrinkles though, and everything was supposed yeah, to be some love handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I mean, he wasn't. But he was a handsome guy. To your point, right? If you look you at know, him, he was an old Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like okay, maybe Chris Isaac on a bad day, and then at the end, he's like, okay, well, Chris Isaac on a good day, you know. But that notwithstanding, I thought it was really good. It held my interest. It commanded my interest the whole way through, and. One thing I didn't pick up on until it was told to me was that the partner was um a carrier. No, she, didn't. what do you, what, she, when she went, when she had to excuse herself after, after they found the body. Right, that's when I picked up on right. it, but initially I'm just like, okay, hot check. No, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, that, that's, that's cool. But then, yeah, when she excused The green eyes was a giveaway, I mean. Oh, she's she's a ginger. She's of course she's attractive. No, no, well, no. I'm saying all the that's all the infected have green eyes. Oh damn! Dude, see that I didn't catch. Oh, you didn't? Oh no. Well, it's kind of hard to tell on the end, but let me see. Yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. I remember talking to Jeremy about it. So. Oh, okay. Well, and, and, yeah, and because Jason, straight up when they show the the girl on the subway, it's a Extreme close up and she's got green eyes. Yes. And the wife has yeah. green eyes when you are uh, sitting at the kitchen counter. Okay. Oh damn. Mm-hmm. Shit. As does his partner. But I think this is a winner. I think this is probably, um, the most, aside from Scotty, this is the ex- most excited I've been for a new image series in, in a while. Well, and, and I'm excited because Jeremy's a friend of ours and he's excited, yeah. right? Like you said, I, I, I think we all are big fans of his work. I've owned a bunch of his art. Um, but, but this, I think you're right. I think this does look like maybe the best art we've ever seen from him, which is oh, saying geez. something. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I don't want to play, uh, play, uh, you know, um, at home psychiatrist or something, but maybe it's got something to do with the fact that this is his book. You know, I think so. Baby. I really right. think oh, so. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there's, and, and because it's his book and, I'm not, the haircut kind of gives it away for me, but, and, and, and Jason, you know, Jeremy's wife, that is her on the cover, isn't it? She was the model for that cover, I'm thinking. Oh, you know, I hadn't put two and two together, but it totally could be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I'll, I'll, I'd ask him, uh, and I do hope to, uh, get one of the secret variants that he has, uh, a very limited number of that, um. What is the secret? It's well, that's the thing. It's in it's in a brown paper paper bag. Um, you you they don't want you to uh, like Instagram the cover once you open it. It's it is it is literally a secret, and and uh, there's only I think a couple hundred made. They uh, when they did the signing at Hurley's Heroes uh, when it was released last week, uh, a few people got it, and uh, he will have some at conventions. You have to ask. He won't like have it on the table. He won't have it for sale on the table. You have to go up to the table and request it. Um, 
Wow, I don't, just call it the Fight Club variant. It, well, and it, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're charging for, but it's, uh, but yeah, no, and, and I hope that he will have some, I think there's another convention he'll be at before New York Comic Con, but I'm hoping that he'll have a couple looked over in October and, um, and I'll ask him for one then, but it's a, uh, it really is. I, 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 I do like Jeremy's art. I, well, I, I have him tattooed on me. It, it is a, uh, it's, it's a, um, this is, it, it's a really interesting story. Uh, I know that, uh, he was, he and, he and Hurley were looking for people to, um, the hashtag beauty free. You, you basically just take a photo and, and, uh, tweet it or put it on Facebook and, and tag them so that they'd see it. And, uh, you would be included, I think, in some way, shape or form in the second issue. Um, but it is a, uh, it, it's, I, I dig the book and it's, it's not one of those, um, it's, I, I don't think it's in the future. I'm pretty sure it's present day and there's a, uh, it, and it, of course it, 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 it makes sense that, you know, that things aren't always what they appear. And, and yeah, you think you, you have this STD, which is making you attractive and, and, and good looking and desirable, but, there, there are consequences and, and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're hitting the ground running with that where we actually see somebody, um, pay that price as opposed to just, you know, we're, 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 we're going along with everybody who's pretty and thinks not, there's no problem. And then, uh, and then, then we find out where we're just, where we're in it right from the get go. I like that. Yeah. And when, when it was pretty smart, um, giving one, or more of your main cast, the disease uh, adds more gravitas to, to what's going on. I mean, you can be a, a law enforcement agent and, you know, want to get to the bottom of this, and that's great, but when you have to do it, um, yeah, there's a- if, if your life is hanging in the balance, if you're finding out information that lends you to believe that this is not the great deal that everybody, you know, thinks it is, that it lends more weight to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think the best panel in the book uh, showcases Han's um, cunning sense of design. The When we get into the sex den, I initially thought, man, I wish this was more explicit. I want to see some stuff going on. I want to see the, mm-hmm. the juicy stuff, you know. But the fact that the foreground is all in uh, shadow and yet you still get the gist of it. You have a, a dumpy woman to the right, uh, a pretty much what I'm guessing is a fat dude, uh, by the belly being serviced by an attractive woman. That's all you need to know. Like if he actually went in there and rendered all that, I don't think it would be as powerful, even though I like explicitness. You know what I mean? Sure. And you get a fat guy in a pig, you know, mask. The, the, what, what the, the gist of this scene is, is there's, there have popped up places where non-infected people can go to get infected. That's how desirable yeah, this, crazy, this, right? this disease is. People want it. So, the belly and the hair and the, the slightly thick woman, you know, in the foreground being serviced, that it does it all. It's a really well-designed panel, but, you know me, I like to see the juice. That's what I say. That panel works fantastic the way it is. Yeah. I like it a lot. Agreed. I like the book a lot. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a home run. Yep. Great first issue. Yeah. Absolutely. The, um, uh, an image book that 
I caught up with because I read the first two issues. I think when they when they originally came out, and it's like Lazarus, which is something else I need to get back to. But um, this was very much was similar to it in my mind because it also featured a female lead. But it reminded me, um, I read the first two trades of Velvet uh, over the weekend, and and kind of ties into. Vince's talk on Grayson with the whole secret agent thing, but this was uh basically uh Velvet is is set in the um let's say early seventies and uh the the character Velvet Templeton is we meet her as a um she's a secretary. She's the secretary for the director of um of a secret organization very similar to like MI6 and uh, so she when, when we meet her she, she's uh, hearing the news of an agent who was killed in the field and, and he had uh, he was killed because he got the they got the drop on him and uh, someone got close enough to kill him we find out that uh, looks like all signs point to another agent uh, actually Kill them. She went to that agent's apartment, find out that agent was already dead as well, and uh, it looks like she's being framed for it. So she's now on the run, but the person who got the, uh, surprised her at at the uh, at the apartment, he works for the agency also. And when he he when he sees her jump out the window using this this uh, stealth suit that has, is used in the field. Um, he realizes at that point, especially after she pretty much kicks everybody's ass that, that he was with, uh, that she's not simply someone's administrative assistant. Uh, so he wants to know more about her and, and she has, she used to be in the field and, and she, uh, something happened where she pretty much retired from field work and, and became a secretary. Uh, there's, there's still some because it is a spy story there. We don't know. Everything all up front. Uh, the first two trades cover the first ten issues. This is written by Ed Brubaker, art by Steve Epting, and uh, and colors by Elizabeth Brightweiser. Epting, you remember working with Brubaker on on Captain America when uh, when when he brought Bucky back with the Winter Soldier. Probably again because it's an image book because they own it. Um, I think I think Epting looks better here than he did when he worked on Captain America. Nice, Com- the, completely agree. The uh, the colors by Brightweiser Elizabeth is, is she's as far she she reminds me of Jordi Belair in the sense that she can do no wrong. That there, there I I do not see anything that uh, I I there's nothing nothing to pause over. I don't doubt her her choices at all. And, uh, and, and Velvet is a, an older woman. She, she has, she, she makes no bones about sleeping with agents. She, you know, basically as a secretary, she, she is basically Money Penny, but whereas Money Penny and Bond just have that little, uh, have that flirtation where it really doesn't go any further, um, Velvet Templeton has slept with agents and whether that's to, um, to calm them down or to make them feel like they've, they've, uh, they've had a conquest. Uh, mostly it was for selfish reasons where, you know, she was also getting something out of it, uh, because I guess there wasn't much going on 
in her life outside of the agency. But uh, she is trying to get to the bottom of why not only she was framed, but who's been killing uh, who? Well, who did frame her? And and she uh, she's kind of she's kind of gone rogue. And there is one particular agent, the one she uh, the one who thought he had the drop on her uh, when he broke in when he found her in the apartment. Um, he he demands to know more, and and that's when the director gives him. Uh, Velvet's files and, uh, he kind of figures out that, you know, this is what she's been doing and she's very experienced and she is, she was one of the time. She was the first female agent for the uh, organization, but she was pretty much at the top of, uh, of her game, uh, when she decided to, to retire. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the second, second volume, things go a little, um, Darker, she, she really kind of, uh, takes things to the limit where she, um, she'll, she'll spring someone from prison because it will further her goal of getting to the bottom of things. She'll kidnap the director and, uh, and, and threaten him with a bomb and, and try to evacuate the building so she can get, uh, she can get some files and, uh, it's, it is, it, it's, it's a really, it's, it's almost hard to to believe that this Ed Brubaker is the same dude uh writing the fade out. Is they they couldn't be more different mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I mean the characters are just completely different, but it it's uh, uh it's just it's extremely well told. Um it looks amazing. Issue eleven I think came out last week, which I still have to read, and uh and, and it just like I said, Velvet she's Slightly older, um, but she still is not, um, only because she's been, I, she, she's been working it since, uh, the, the forties and, and well into the fifties. So, uh, I know I laughed. Uh, I read the first trade. Right. I can't see any, like when I see Velvet, it's Stacey London. Every time I look at her, mm. it just looks like Stacey London to me. Okay. I mean that's a that's good. Right. Yeah, no. I mean it's it's not like she's she's an attractive one. Right. So it's it's yeah. um there's uh she's that chick from the what not to wear show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um okay. okay. Yeah, I could see that. I, yeah, I really Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't think of I don't know Stacy London that well, so I hadn't, that hadn't come to my mind, but okay. I like her. I like Stacy London. Yeah, you do. But uh yeah, I wasn't surprised that I clicked with the first trade because um, regardless of the fact that espionage doesn't usually right, click with me, right. when Brubaker writes it, it clicks. I don't know why. Right. It's just the caliber of writer he is. I, I, I think mean, that's what he, cause it, it, he's, he's not, um, he's respectful to that genre and he's not, uh, he's not trying to pull shit out of his ass where, you know, it's like, oh, you're not gonna, everything is kind of, I mean, the stealth suit is probably the most, uh, science fictiony thing about the book because it's, it's bulletproof. She can glide through the air with it. It's, I mean, it's not a, it, it, it's not a fix all and, it, and it's not a Deus Ex Machina, but it's, it, it, she pretty much doesn't take it off. And, uh, I mean, not, not in the sense that it's like Terry Moore's echo, but, um, there's, uh, there's just, it, it all, it, there's the whole scene on the train in the, in the second trade with, the uh with the prisoner that uh that she sprung and that was very much like a James Bond type subplot um it's it's just 
and and the end of the second trade was was kind of a kind of a bummer. I really wasn't expecting to see that, but it but it does make sense because it's just it, it's what the story calls for. Um, but no, I think that uh, I, I think the people that have been against Velvet. Uh, there, there are going to be some uneasy allies. It, it's just going to make sense for it, but it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely one of, uh, it, I, I'm kind of bummed about just letting it pile up, but I, but, but, but these two trades, I mean, they read, it's, um, I don't want to call it, it's, it's a worthy read. It, it's not that it, it, it's a quick read, but the, you, you get your bang for your buck with this. It's, uh, it and it really does look great, and I think I, I for me, I think it reads better in chunks. I, I like because this would be a book that I'd even I'd, I'd like self trade away down. If I was buying the issues, I would just wait until I had a few issues piled and then and then uh, power through them. But it's um, it I, I definitely recommend Velvet. Yeah, I've accepted the fact that um, the genre or genres in which he chooses to work are not a concern with me because um much like Alan Moore who has dabbled in a lot of different stuff when Ed Brubaker is writing it's just good right right yeah. like because it you know he he leans towards noir and he leans towards um cloak and dagger super spy espionage stuff but that doesn't really I mean I don't I don't look to see the genre in which he's working before I order the book if it's mm-hmm. if it's Brubaker it just gets ordered. And, and I will say, ironically, the stuff that he brought to Captain America didn't work for me. But when he does it, I mean, maybe it's just the character. I don't know. Um, I think to a book, everything he's written at Image eclipses his Captain America run for me. I, I just love the stuff he's doing at Image. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love Bruce. Uh, yeah, Captain America work too, but uh, it's it's good and it's one of the more memorable Captain America runs. But like uh, Fatal, uh, the Fade Out, like they're all better than Captain America to me. Yeah, yeah. See, I like the Incognito. Yeah, I mean, me I, I'm not discounting anything else, but I, oh, I do. Criminal, yeah, I like, yeah. Criminal was good. The um, Incognito was good because it was kind of like in that same vein, but but superhero-y. The um, the Captain America stuff. I mean, he could everything up to maybe Civil War. I think was golden after Civil War, and it, it didn't get bad. It was just it was caught up in everything else Marvel was doing at the time, and and it wasn't at that point. It wasn't Steve um, as Captain America, but uh, but no, his his image stuff has been top notch. Yeah. And it kind of helps when you have someone like Sean Phillips in your corner. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, Phil, he's one Phillips of, is one, one of those guys guys. where he's almost become um, so inextricably linked with Brubaker, uh, with Brubaker that um, I, I not that I, I don't want to say this the wrong way. Um, his star would be higher if he had perhaps worked not exclusively with Brew on a specific type of book. But but that being said, I'm not saying he sh- he shouldn't do what he's doing because he's putting out amazing work and he's building an amazing uh, a truly remarkable career. Um, and and I think he's doing stuff he loves. So I I'm not suggesting he. But but it just seems like he's one of those guys that if we're doing the show 10 15 years from now, uh, God's help us. 
Um, <laughs> he'll be one of those guys where we're like, we'll talk about as, as one of the un, underappreciated masters of his, of his, of his era. Oh, I think he's, he's extremely underrated. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I think Brew Baker Phillips is up there with Claremont Byrne or Wolfman Perez. Uh, there's just, there's, yep. that, that's a team that just, that just works and, it, and it's hard to think about one without the other. It's true. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly agree. Wow. Yep. Craig. You didn't say anything silly. (laughs) You you, you were just spewing truth. That's all it was. All episode he's been spewing truth. Nah, uh, not really. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wait, did did, did anybody read Infinity Gauntlet number three? Where where Thanos was doing the bad bad three? No. No. It's good? I thought so. It's great. It's great. I'll I'll wait for you to read it. In, Guess and, we will. and then maybe that joke will land, but it, it's a, um, like a time bomb. You just planted a little tiny time bomb. I, I dug, I, I dug Thor's number two, but th- did you read John Flood number one, Vince? I have it, uh, but I have yet to, yet to I, read, I read it. it. Oh, nice. What'd you think? Well, uh, seeing as I listened to the show last week, <laughs> you both bet that I would, re- or you bet that I would really enjoy it. Uh, and you were a little wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Art wise, story wise, both, both. I, I didn't connect with it. Yeah, I, 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 I can see the art. I can see the art. Not sticking with you, but I'm surprised the story really didn't land. Okay. I I, I got to be honest with you. I, um, and this is a compliment to you. I think you described the book to be more interesting than I found it when I read it. Wow. Okay. Um. I. I. I want to read the book that you talked about last week. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Vince will be the decider. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Whew. That's, uh, well, if, you, if you're in the mood for some truth. <laughs> wow, we're going to end with that. That's really- Nah, all you got to do Ooh. is go to, well, we can go back. Is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can gaze upon the massive discounts you will or you have the potential to receive. From Image, I Hate Fairyland number one, $1.75. IDW is cooking up some more Ragnarok with Walt Simonson, $12.49. And from Archie, the Black Hood Trade, Volume 1, Bullets Kiss, is a meager $7.49. They do not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your book shipped right to your door effortless seriously it does not take anything to save big on comics if you know where to go right and that place is discount comic book service in your travels once again i implore you to read uh, mr fred van lenti is writing a really good version of conan with conan the avenger uh i read issues 13 got caught up 13 to 16 uh, there's a momentary burp in the uh, visuals. Uh, from 13 to 15, we get G.U. Villanova comes in to uh, take up uh, Brian Ching's usual spot. It's a three-part story. Really cool. It's called Zuthal of the Dusk. Um, Conan and uh, the slave girl, Diana, very narrowly escape uh, death at the, the hands of Toth Amon. And they are thrown into the desert, just wandering the desert, no water, 
Um, as you know, Captain Obvious will tell you it's really hot in the desert. So they are almost dead. They're struggling, looking for water, and they come upon this gigantic walled city of Zuthal. What's going on? Conan pushes his way in, and he finds the entire population are slaves to the Black Lotus. They, The whole place is just tripping balls on the Black Lotus. They don't like the real world. They would much rather live their lives in the dream state of the Black Lotus. It gets very Lovecraftian at the end. Amazing stuff. The visuals, like I said, they're good, but um, Villanova is no Brian Ching. Brian Ching is amazing. He comes back with issue 16. David, think about a even more expressive Dan Pinotian. Wow. And that's what Brian Ching is. Pinotian is is expressive and very animated, but this Brian Ching, he even more stylistic than Dan Pinotian. It's in the zone. He's very gritty. The lines are all amazing. But his Diana, gorgeous. And she's... Mm. Um, but uh, with um, Blood Oasis, that's the first part in uh, issue 16, there's a slight hint that a very, well, let's just say controversial mm-hmm. figure from Conan's past, uh, if you're thinking Kurt Busick, is coming back. So you should, if you enjoyed that character, you should check out Blood Oasis because it's going to get messy. Nice. Fred Van, L- Fred Van Lente. FVL. We still got to get him on here. Yeah. We do. And we won't talk about any Van Lente books on that. Five years, five years late. I know. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I think he's the only writer to ever have a month. We oh, had I a think month. you're right. He was yeah. scheduled to be on and it fell through. Has he done, Talked about, has he done an intro for the show? Yes, he has. Okay, cool. Many. All right. By the way, Vince, we'll see how many intros you can get at New York Comic Con, but can you can you top what Dap and I got at Heroes? Shit, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like I was involved in any of it. But yeah. Uh, you do not I do not like being challenged. I will bury you. I can get even. You don't like being I dare you get some cabbage. I can get some cabbage. Alright, we'll see. I dare you to get shaken. We almost that got shaken. I think that would be easy. I'll tell yeah, you what. He seems he was on much more laid back. He was on Sean Crystal's podcast, Ink mm-hmm. Pulp, and it was an awesome conversation. It was the guy is uh Chaikin is just one of those dudes who you could you could sit at a dinner with and he would t- tell stories for three hours and you'd be captivated with every word. Yes, uh he's, the man has experience. Oh, uh, experience and, and also a way to articulate those experiences. Um but he seems like a super cool dude, man. I, I, yes, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, I think there are times, and he says this in the interview that, you know, that he's a human being and there are times when he's an asshole to people, but because he's just not in a good mood. But, but I, I don't know, man. We had fun talking to him last year. And, uh, yeah, I think like John Byrne, unlike John Byrne, who has given people ample reason to think he's an asshat. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think Chaikin, it's the, the, the few bad instances kind of overshadow the, the much right, more right. prevalent good because maybe, you know, like you said, maybe he had a bad day, but when we talked to him, he was a riot. Uh-huh. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess that would change if you start talking good Chaikin, bad Chaikin. Like, yeah, I love your stuff, but not all of it. Yes. No such thing as bad Chaikin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, yeah, notes. 
Civil War. In, say no more. In your, uh, <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Guy Gardner and Hawkgirl. Um, oh yeah. Uh, no, 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 yeah, no, see, you Hawk. said Blade. I, I, I don't agree with you on Blade. Um, just gotta get the the letters sent away from him. <laughs> the uh, in your travels. First time you've been wrong tonight, David. Oh. <laughs> See, it, so, so, oh, man. Oh, so harsh. So harsh. I'll agree with you, but just until I don't. Right, right. Yeah. A, <laughs> uh, continuing the imagerama, I'm going to say, because I started reading number five and I still have to read number six, uh, but this would be a little book by Mr. Jeff Lemire and Dustin Gwynn. This is The Sender. Mm-hmm. Still looks amazing. Still is, um, the, the first story, uh, the first six issues is, uh, titled Tin Stars. Tin, T-I-N. Uh, but yeah, I, I forgot because it, I, I have been lacking and haven't read issue five. Uh, I kind of forgot where our, our heroes were, uh, were left and, uh, it was not uh, quite a happy place. So I am dying to finish number five to get through number five because I'm, I'm a few pages into it. Uh, but Dustin is on fire. The art is absolutely amazing. The colors are great. Uh, Jeff, it, you know, it's not like his Justice League United stuff. It's not like, uh, Trillium. It's not like, um, the nobody. It's, it, I, I really like Jeff Lemire, the the sci-fi writer, and I mean it's not to say I didn't like his earlier stuff. This is, but I, you know, if if you had said, you know, who would you like to see work together? I probably, you know, Jeff Lemire and Dustin Gwynn would probably not be at the top of that list. But damn, if if you know, I I eat my words if if somebody told me that if I scoffed at somebody throwing that pairing at me, the uh, it it's it's just. It's a great, great book and, uh, it, just heaping on the image love fest, but this, this is fantastic. If you have not, when, uh, with the sixth issue being completed and you get to the, you, you're offered the trade, buy it, read it definitely, uh, and, and tell us what you think about it because I, I won't believe you if you tell me you ain't loving it. Awesome. It is phenomenal. We can do a deeper dive once the third wheel over here uh, catches up with the book. Huh. Yeah. Who's that? Who's the third wheel? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. In your travels, I'm going to tell you to watch something. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm overflowing with DC love, and it extends into something uh, that was uh, straight to direct to video. By the way, why do they call it direct to video anymore when it's I know this thing is video? Because <laughs> DTV so, sounds pretty uh, yeah. yeah. As opposed to DTS. Uh, yeah. That already sounds But um this was <laughs> produced by Mr. Bruce Tim. Screenplay screenplay by Mr. Alan oh, Burnett. Directed by Sam Liu. Uh it is uh the most recent of the yes. now long running uh Bruce Tim led DC Universe animated original movies. This is Justice League Gods and Monsters. Yeah, I have um, watched it. Yeah, I was, I mean, I don't know why, uh, you know, I was, uh, it was one of those things where I was looking for something 
I was going to be on a little trip. I was looking for something to throw into the iPad, and it was in the iTunes queue, and I thought, all right, why not? Um, uh, and I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. First of all, stylistically, the art is 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 completely evocative of, of the Bruce Timm uh, cartoons. So that that's a winner right there. Um, right. But this is a, a an, an Elseworlds tale, essentially, of a world where um, the Justice League is more like the Squadron Supreme. They are heroes to a sense, but they really, any means necessary. They don't hesitate to kill en masse to enforce the law and what's good for society. Um, so as a result, they are both loved by many and also feared and hated by others. Uh, they, they, the Justice League is only the Trinity. It's Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And it's a completely different group of, of, of the Trinity. Uh, their backgrounds are all different. And we, a lot, the movie, the movie spends a decent chunk of its time giving us their backstories, which I enjoyed. Um, Superman is, um, named Hernan Guerra, and he is actually, the son of Zod in this world. Um, it's cool. They, they, in, they, they, they take you to the scene that we've seen many times over where, um, Jorel and his wife are, uh, you know, in their place getting, the, the Krypton is getting destroyed and they're just about to ship off Superman, you know, baby Superman in a pod. Only this is more like the, uh, the last movie where, the, the baby is not quite conceived yet, and just as Jarrell is about to place his fingerprint inside of the orb, which would then take his DNA and merge it with with her egg, um, Zod comes in and does it. He he puts his finger instead in it. So so Superman is is looks more like Zod, and he's raised by um, some Mexican migrant workers instead. Um, it's like Icon. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Batman is a guy named Dr. Kirk Langstrom, who is a son. Oh, oh wow. It's a man bat. Really? Yeah. Oh, I see. I didn't put that together. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, okay. Well, that's oh, interesting. I need to so, watch yeah, this now. So, yeah, he, he's a scientist who gets inadvertently transformed into a vampire. That's right. Okay. So, there, so cool. there you go. And then Wonder Woman is a new god named Becca. Corky love Becca. And I don't know if that's an existing character or not. But Becca was married to Orion. And this is interesting. They do a little twist on the, um, rather than it being the let's swap kids to make peace, in this it's let's marry off our, our, our offspring. So Becca is marrying Orion in order to create peace. But let's just say that uh, Tim and... Burnett took a page out of Game of Thrones, David, with the Red Wedding. And uh, things don't go according to plan for Becca oh, and her, wow. her love. Okay. So she heads to Earth and becomes Wonder Woman. Um, and it was just awesome, man. Like, I, I thought it was so well done. Basically, the premise is, after you get their backstories, like I said, they're, 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 they're in control of the Earth. But they're largely, you know, they, they do the government's bid, the U.S. government's bidding. They're, they're not... Although they do contemplate whether they should bother doing that at this point, but they do the bidding. Amanda Waller is president, um, and Steve Trevor is their liaison. 
Um, Lois Lane is still an investigative reporter that's kind of calling shenanigans on the Justice League, always portraying them to be in a bad light. And what's happening is the world's most, uh, the, the most renowned scientists in the world through all different disciplines are being killed off. And they're being killed off by, uh, the evidence seems to point to it being, uh, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman doing the killings. And so it's a bit of a, a mystery who done it as to the Justice League trying to figure out who actually is doing the killings. And we do find that out. And, um, it's, it's super, super cool. You get lots of homages to all the different scientists from the DC universe, everything from Savannah to Magnus to, um, to Luthor. Um, and you even get a very interesting use of Luthor that ties into something about the new gods mythos that we discussed earlier in the show that I'll just leave hanging because you guys haven't seen this movie yet. But, but like I said, I have not been a regular when the, when the DC animated movies were first coming out, I watched pretty much every one, but I lost track of it. They seem like they put out a couple of year now. So I haven't, I haven't watched. I don't remember the last one I, I watched. Um, but uh, but the, the, this one was of, was so entertaining and of such high quality that I I'm going to dig into some of the ones that have come out in the last few years and see if what they're all about because um, I forgot how fun how much fun these can be and and I thought this was just a perfect Elseworld that um, that that has a, a resolution and and we're you know we maybe we'll see these characters at some point in some other place someday but if we don't I got a fully satisfying hour and a half. A uh, bit of uh, entertainment out of it. So no, you will see these characters somewhere else uh, very soon because DC is running a bunch of books based on this. Are they? Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep. Oh, then I'm, and, I'm I would I would definitely give that a try because I I thought it was a lot of fun. Cool. I shudder to think what would happen in this uh, version of the United States if uh, Trump was president because he'd probably want to deport Superman. Oh no doubt. Oh yeah, yeah he would for sure. And um, you are making me want to sit down and watch this thing. Yeah, it's great, and and it's got some pretty cool voiceovers like uh, Benjamin Bratt is Superman, Michael Michael Hall is Batman, um, C. Thomas Howe. <laughs> oh, he's I love him. Yeah, he's Magnus. Um, Richard Chamberlain is in it as High Father. Wow, get out yeah. of here! Crazy, right? Birds, bro. No, I know. It's like it's like what the what? So uh, no, oh, and. Um, uh, I always say his name wrong, but, uh, but, but, uh, Tom O'Pennicott from Battlestar Galactica. Um, oh. yeah, he's, he's Steve Trevor. So, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. Uh, like I said, a real, a real lot of fun. And so you're telling me that this is not an Elseworlds we've seen in the past. This is, they created this for this movie. Sounds like it, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound like anything I've okay. read. Okay. Yeah, real cool. Really, really very neat. The metal men are in it, by the way. Get out of yep. here. Uh. Yep. It's what, is it about an hour and a half? Yeah, 72 minutes. Yeah. Uh, kind of tight, but that means it's action packed. No, like I said, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's totally entertaining for, for the time, for the 72 minutes. It'll make, um, you'll probably make me sit down in front of the TV for a third time in one week. Nice. Speaking of such, did you see two of our wishes came true on the last episode yep. of the train? Yep, yep, yep. Remind me, though, ago. what were the wishes? I did watch it, but remind me of the wishes. Uh, someone shaved his head. True. That is true. And he looks Thank so much better. Thank the lords. Although yeah, I'm bummed that he'd he, he be cheating on our girl, though. 
Yeah, but that was, I know, I know it's, it's, you consider it cheating, but it's, he's, it, well, for one thing, it's, it's that whole thing, you know, if he cheated to get with you, then he'll cheat to get rid of you, but it's, it's a, uh, that is true. Um, there's, he's not, uh, I don't even, I don't even think, it didn't even enter my mind that he just did this to, to further his goal. But yeah, there's no he. I'm pretty sure Nora is is way more into him than he is into her, and and, I don't and that's think he's a fucking into, shame. Yeah, I don't think he's into anyone. He's just himself. right. Yeah, no, he's just he needs to. It's it's he's so focused on what this what needs to happen, um, and it's and also it's just like like they say it's easier to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Yeah. And and the second was the duct tape, which was front and center with the with the, with, with, with the police going yep. through the airport, going through the apartments. They all yeah. had their, their 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 pant cuffs and their shirts, uh, their jackets all uh, duct taped to their uh, their wrists and their ankles, so nothing could get in. You're right about that. Yep. Would you guys think of the new the new vampire that's uh, in play? The dude, yeah, he's all holding court. He's like, well, I. I was bummed. He did remind me that that Vaughn was killed when they went to uh, Palmer's place, but I was like, I was kind of hoping that Vaughn was kind of outside and letting his men handle shit. But no, he was uh, he was one of the dudes who was zapped. So this guy shows up and um, I don't think so. Basically, being the anti blade and and uh, ready to kick some ass. But I, you know, what think do you what? think about the fact that he was able to walk out in the sun? That's what I'm saying. It's it's uh, he is. I don't know where he came from. I mean, why wouldn't they just bring him out to begin with unless he's such a loose cannon that, you know, that's, he's got... Yeah, that's what... Well, does he, I, wait, I though, does he seem like a loose cannon to you? He does, as far as why he wasn't... Why did they get Vaughn instead of this guy then? Why why, why wouldn't well, he be the dude they call in to take care of business? Remember, though, in the in this week when he's, he's, he's chastising the elders. Right. Like he's like he, it's not like he's taking them to task, being like, "How did you guys let it get to this point?" Like, no, he's like, he's "Like we're going to do it my way." I'm, right. I'm going. I just I need I need people who can work during the day. I'm going to handle this because Vaughn dropped the ball, and they're all and and the masters are all like, "Yeah, all right, whatever." That's you know, I, I mean they're they they can't argue. I mean, well, they, I mean they, they physically, they argue, but I was going to say. <laughs> They're all very touched. <laughs> all, they, all they can do is twitch their crossed arms, but it's it's a uh I I don't know he he, he kind of strikes me as somebody who was kind of locked up before uh he could get here and they, they freed him so he could handle shit. I, I uh I'm curious to see I, I wanna see his flashback. I I uh I was the thing that really did bump me out though was Fitzwilliams is going to come and 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 join the team for like fucking forty minutes. Are you serious? Like you, you can't, <laughs> can't even walk out of the goddamn church with with everybody else, man. You you went on one mission and you couldn't. I was I that that hurt. I was yeah. I was not happy about that. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't think I don't think Vaughn's dead. They wouldn't have spent as much time on him as as they did if they were just gonna. Yeah, but see, if it's, you don't watch Game of Thrones, so I mean, you you would think that uh, there would be. Um, there, there are some. It it kind of is a moment where if if they can 
get rid of somebody like Vaughn, then nobody really is safe. I would, I don't know if it's going to happen and, and I don't want Jason to lean either way, but you know, I, I would not be surprised if F doesn't make it through the entire show. Oh, I hope he doesn't. I, I find him one of, <laughs> no, seriously, I find him one of the mo- least likable characters in, in the whole thing. Wait, the I'm whole, sorry, who? F. F. Good. F. Oh, Eve? oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole thing with the hooch, how he's relying on it more and more is, oh, I just be, did it because of the wife and he's got a friggin' excuse for everything. He's, he's not very likable. Smart. Yeah. But. If, if he's this this universe's best hope to eradicate this thing, I shudder to think what's going to happen. Because he's he's just concerned with himself. And the kid, Zach, oh, needs Zach to die. Yeah. Uh, where, 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 where did the asthma come from? That kid's Who cares? That Maybe just showed just up get this off. week. I'm like, wait, where did now all yeah, of a sudden? Yeah, make I... him run around the block a couple of times. I want that kid down. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be the cause of Nora dying. I'm not I'm not gonna be happy about that. No, he's just like daddy. Oh, woe is yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, Shut up. I was, I was. I hope not, the mother finds him and twists his neck off. I was not happy though. Um, because I like Eichhorst, but it, it really did, you know, I mean, all, all my man wanted to do was, was to be loved and, and the master, like, and, and Bolivar's there. And it's like, really? That's just, and, and he still, but then he, he has to go and manipulate Eichhorst so that, 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 he still has to do his bidding, but I mean, it, it's fitting. It's not like Ice Horse deserves anything at all. He, he, he is not a, uh, he's not a character that should be looked up to. So, I mean, it absolutely, I mean, the fucking dude was a Nazi. So yes, you, you should, you should not get anything you've ever wished for, but it, it, he, he the character and, and the guy who, who plays the, the actor who plays him, I, I like him and, and to see, uh, to see him have to do some goth metal dude's bidding is, is not, uh, it's, it, it's fitting for the show and, and, and I have no problem with it. But I, you know, if, if, if I want, if I wanted to see a Nazi get some good, you know, then that's, then I would have put no, it, 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 it works, but it's still, I was, I was surprised to see that. I think it speaks very well to the writing team. How do you make a Nazi even more despicable? <laughs> right. I right. mean, that, that pretty much that, that he's carrying the card. Oh, yeah. As far as yeah. despicable goes. But then you make him this disgusting vampire slave, basically. What, to I, this what I really like though is when he, when he puts Palmer in his place. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I think Coco is going to be pivotal. Too. She's gonna be, she has a pivotal role because she's gonna realize one day that Palmer is not the white knight and she's gonna take him down because he's gonna bring her in. She's, they've cast this woman as very forthright to date. She's extremely concerned with doing the right thing. When she realizes what a douchebag Palmer is, she's gonna, she's gonna destroy him. I'm thinking. I think she'll be part of destroying him but i don't know if she'll do it well the the precedent is set with fitzwilliam he realized and now i'm thinking she's gonna too not not because you need this kind of like symmetry but it it would stand to reason that he does he burns through um people close to him very quickly 
And I thought when they were dancing, I thought they were going to start sucking face and I was going to be like, oh, oh hell yeah, no. I know. I know. Because they came real close. I mean, yeah. it, it looked like he was going to lean in because he's, he wouldn't because he's like scared of his own shadow. But, you know, the fact that this woman would even cozy up to him like that, he's got to be in his glory and he's going to get too cocky and she's going to find out and turn on him. Yep. And they're going to show her naked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will That's say, a, um, I mean, a little bit of icing on the cake. I mean, we're pre- we've gone pretty far afield from the books now at this point. So, oh, okay, good. All right, I heard that. Yeah, I so I don't, that, yeah. I don't. I mean, the thing I keep telling you all that I can't wait for to happen so we can talk about it. I can't see them not doing that because it it's such a major part of the books and such a shocking moment that I. So I'm expecting that, but we're you know, there's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's it's. I mean, they're they're they're. They're playing a lot of the timelines and, um, like to your point, David, the, uh, the, the character we meet, the, the new vampire, the daywalker is really in the books. Uh, I'm trying to think how to say this, you know, normally it's very common in a TV show to combine characters from a book into one, you know, Mm -hmm. This is just the opposite. They they take a character from the books and turn him into two in the TV show. Oh. So. I'm going to eventually have to read these damn books. There's yeah, only yeah. three, right? Yeah, three. Yeah. And I think they just finished the um, they did. the last of the Dark Horse adaptation. Yeah. They so did. I looked Volume at 6 co- was in the previous I, this month. Yeah. I looked at the cover like an idiot. I think 12 came out today. Number twelve in the uh, the Night Eternal. It did. Don't look at the cover. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Silly me. Uh, before we say goodnight, do um, I know? Well, for Jason and I, SummerSlam is Sunday night. But are we all going to be watching Fear of the Walking Dead? Of course. Okay. I'm more sa- Sunday. Sunday. I'm more. I'll be watching SummerSlam and then watch it probably this week. But thank you for telling me. I'm going to set the DVR. But uh, I am extreme. I'm more excited for that than I am the original. The regular, yeah, I think I am too. Not me. Well, I mean, I well, no, not to say I'm not going to enjoy that. I'm just saying, I've, I, as you know, for years I said that I wish that they uh, Kirkman would let people do like a anthology in set the Walking Dead of just other tales from the Walking Dead universe, and this is quasi where we're going to be getting from this. So, yeah, I, I think uh, while season five may not be the best season, it's certainly a marked improvement over over what we had so yeah i'm thinking the 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 regular show is going to just keep getting better i hope Mm -hmm. it's just going to keep getting better and now you have a a companion it's all good okay yep ah there's another show for me to watch damn it and it'll probably end right when uh then the next week i'm guessing walking dead will come in the next so it's gonna when what night is it air sunday night Probably, oh. I, I think it, um, because humans ended last Sunday, so I'm, and, and, uh, they've been teasing. They've been doing, uh, they, they've been having Walking Dead marathons on Sundays and then, uh, of a few episodes. But usually on Sunday morning, they do a preview of Fear of the Walking Dead, which I've avoided because I don't want to know anything about the characters. Um, I just know a few people who are in it, but I don't know anything about, all I know is that it's, in the same universe, but I don't believe they're ever going to meet Rick's crew. 
uh, which is fine. And, That's good. Uh, yeah, you know, I just, um, and because they're, they don't, they're not tied to any of the storylines from the comic book, not the main show really ever was worried about that, but it's, um, I, I, yeah, we're not following this group. I'm guessing these guys are out west, and it, it's just, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, uh, yeah, they're in LA. Okay. So it's, and it's, it's at the um, beginning of the outbreak, so it's, right. Yeah. Nice. So there'll be no overlap, at least not for a long time. Right. My my wish for Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 1, it will go down as the best season to date if they show Gabriel being ripped to shreds in the first episode. God, right? Yep. Oh, Slowly. That, that should be the whole episode. They should just keep pulling parts off Gabriel for the I am just... So like, though, down I, with it. I am, I am very, very happy that uh, that that Morgan... And Rick are face to face again. Yeah. Yep. How that's gonna. That was a long fucking tease. But yeah, I mean, the last thing Morgan saw was was Rick take some dude out. Was the vigilante justice? But uh, yeah. So obviously, it's not the same guy that you remember. But uh, we'll. Yeah, it'll be it'll be just to see where it goes. Well, everybody, thank you for being here with us. If you would be so kind, we would appreciate an iTunes review. For reals. Yeah. For um, sake. Leave it for my sake, just to whatever. And um, if you would like to join us in our daily discussions about whatever, come to our forum, uh, 11oclockcomics.com, or better chance of catching us. Yeah, there we go. That's I, what I was waiting for. Up. On, yeah, we had a massive response <laughs> on, on our uh, forum, maybe four or five people. But anyway, uh, join us on the Facebooks where it's jumping. 11 O'Clock Comics has its own little group on the Facebooks and we're always one, there. One of us will approve you. It's very, very active. Um, so please do that. Um, and as, as usual. As Jason figures out how best to uh, facilitate the voting for the 11 O'Clockers. Yes, yeah, sir. that's coming up. Wow, it's damn the year is just like speeding Flying by. Freaking by every goddamn year, we're like, all right, I'm gonna stay on top of it. I'm gonna know what I talked about. I'm gonna make oh, no. notes so that I know what the hell I'm gonna vote for. And yeah, that that, that, that come December, we're scrambling to see what the hell did we a talk real about. Real does. My best tool in uh, the eleven o'clockers is Evernote because yep. I can go back and look at exactly what I talked about for the previous year. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love Evernote. Love it. Yes. It is the bee's knees. And um, once again, come back next week uh, if you enjoyed this because one of us, all of us, really love you and we we would love to spend more time with you. Not sure what so, night we'll be talking to y'all, but yeah, we'll be back yeah. next week. As usual, uh, say good night. David. Good night. David. Oh, smooth. Like X-Lax. Really You're right. I feel all clean. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye